0: We are on the
1: <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, can't we all be on the same page? Have you been on social media? No. (laughs) (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never. Oh. (laughs) So, uh, Greg, thank you for reaching out to me. Um, how long have you been? How did you find us? Like, Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a YouTube fanatic. So, uh, YouTube. Oh, really? Is that so? Yes. Did you find us before or after Cedia? Oh, well before. Well before. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Have you written in? Do, have I talked to you before, like on emails or anything? Any correspondence? No,
2: no. I just, I would just listen to them during the, the, the podcast or the recordings of them on YouTube while I was working in the afternoons. So, yeah, yeah. Listen to you guys and just was just casually just listening for uh, a bit over a year now, actually, I think. Wow.
1: So, you were at Cedia. You got to go? Yes.
2: I got so- to go. I guess I, like, work, Ryan, we're we just, a
1: ways in. <laughs> I am sure if people read the show notes, which some people don't, but if people read the show notes, they'll know why uh, I'm asking you this. But drop the palm. Tell everybody why you got to go to CD, because you're you're just a consumer, right? Yes.
2: Just a consumer,
1: nerd, you know, advocate, you know, you whatever don't you want to call it. You don't you don't have a podcast. You don't no. know, you're not social media. <laughs> You were no. <laughs> you were invited to CEDIA 2023, and yes, the coolest reason why. Go ahead, you tell everybody why you are at CEDIA 2023.
2: So uh you know, just I know we'll talk a little bit about the, the designer for my theater, but I'll uh, oh, tell uh, a lot about Gra- it. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony Gramati from Gramati Systems, while he was here, actually doing the calibration of. uh of my theater was mentioning the fact that they were going to have their own demo. And uh, so I turned to my integrator who's, uh, who sets up all my home automation and my systems that they've been working with. I asked him turn, can I go with you? And they're like, sure. <laughs> so they, that afternoon, they sent me my credentials and uh, I got the invite kind of quasi both through Anthony, said I'd love to come check it out, and through uh, my local integrator who, uh, who was going already.
1: Wow. So, yeah, that's so. So, you Anthony Grimani set up your system? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again some- <laughs> Anthony Grimani set up your system. <laughs>
2: Yes, it was a long and winding story, but yes,
1: yeah. Well, (laughs) well, let's let's get to it, and then we'll we'll save it for later. Why you didn't hit me up when I was at Cedia, and say I'm here? (laughs) So, but okay, (laughs) we'll just leave that alone. (laughs) No, um, no, that's so awesome. Uh, I don't. I I'm go. What? How did that come to be? How did you get like? How did, just like, let's start with the idea, like when you were just designing this, the, your theater, right? And then how did it come to be that you ended up with Gramont Anthony Gramani the system you have, start with like from conception to uh, DJs asking you questions. Sure,
2: sure. <laughs> so, I, so actually uh, I was traveling a lot for work, uh, almost 21 days a month uh, for my job <laughs> and I and, but I bought the house that I bought with the intent of putting a theater into it. There's It's a space that's above the garage on the second floor of my home. Uh, and I always had designs on it, but with travel, never had time. And then the pandemic hit. And so uh, when the pandemic hit, I started getting a lot more serious in looking at ideas and concepts. And I just switched uh, home control integrators to... Um, to help work, help work with that a lot of problems with my system overall with the house. And they straightened out a lot of those problems. And so then I said, okay, I want to start focusing on the theater now that we're in 2020. So I kind of delved into YouTube. I started watching videos on different theaters, theater ideas, um, following people you who know, have been on here, Michael, youth man, obviously, and a bunch of other folks. And then I came across, um, a YouTube video with, uh, Grimani systems with, uh, a company called AV Pro Edge. Mm-hmm. And so AV Pro Edge a, is a, a company that makes audio video matrices am, amongst other things and really liked their product. And so I said, well, if they're going to have him on, I better listen. I didn't have any preconceived notion of who, uh, who Anthony was or what he did at the time. Uh, but they had a series of three, three-hour videos, and I watched every single minute of it, took notes, captured it, and, uh, and said, I think I'm going to want to go with them. Initially, just first said, okay, they sell acoustic treatments. I was initially just going to get my sound system through my local integrator. And when I got to digging more and had a conversation actually with Anthony in December of 2020 and talked about that concept of buying me uh, acoustic panels, he said, but what are you really trying to do? And I said, well, I want almost an in-game theater for me. I didn't want to tinker and didn't want to you know, buy some things and then gradually upgrade and swap out because I knew I wanted to have a theater that was kind of be masked where essentially all you saw was a screen, the projector, and the seats. So that way it was nice. as immersive as possible.
1: Yeah, that's what I like too. That I call it the stealth look. So it's like you don't yes. see the speakers. You don't see it. It's just a room. But then when the speakers kick in, you'll be like, what? <laughs> so that's right. awesome. Yeah, cool. Exactly.
2: So when he uh, mentioned, well, we do design work as well as, you know, we do the implementation and the speakers. I said, I turned to my, uh, my partner and asked her, I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And <laughs> she looked at me and I says, well, go right ahead. You've been waiting long enough. And so, so nice. she gave the green light. Yeah. So
1: that, that that's so, the budget committee, correct?
2: That's the, the budget committee. committee. That's right. Yeah. It's the, like, was there well, a it's, lot of back a, and
1: forth? Did they have to vote, or was it pretty quick and immediate?
2: It was. <laughs> it was pretty. It was relatively quick, because we had just finished putting a pool in, and she's a avid swimmer. So oh, that was okay. hers. This this was mine. So <laughs> yeah,
1: that's so. We, that's nice of her. That was very nice of <laughs> her. Like, all right, yeah. I'll let you have that. <laughs> yeah, because pools aren't cheap either. It's like, so. No, no. So, so, all right. So, yeah. So, it was,
2: go ahead.
1: You got over the big hump.
2: <laughs> yes. So, we had actually started, or I did, with uh, a couple of local contractors on doing the initial rough-in, build-out. Of it before I engaged with with uh, Anthony and his team with uh, PMI. That's their engineering design firm that does the layouts and the specs and all the engineering details for theaters. And um, when I got with them, they quickly identified some some issues in some areas. So we hadn't gotten that far. We had just built soffits and the beginning portion of a riser and identified problem areas. So we basically we had already torn a room down. It was so a old you room.
1: Okay, so when you do say that. we, do you mean like you? Oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to apologize. This is a lot, no formal, very informal, and like I'm going to interrupt the crap out of you because that's me. Okay. Uh, you've been listening. <laughs> All I'm, <good>. uh, yeah. <laughs> but, no. Um. Like when you say we, you did. Is that like you did it? Like you started to do it yourself, or did you have somebody else and then they started doing this and you're like, whoa, 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 I'm bringing in Anthony.
2: I have some uh, general contractors, two gentlemen I work with who do custom homework and remodeling work around okay. the city for the last 10, 12 years. They've never done a theater. Obviously, I had never done a theater before, um, but we had the general concept from just specking out the space that we wanted to use within the house. And so we just did a tear down of the drywall, ripped out of the carpet out. It was an empty room essentially at that point, uh, unused in the house. Um, and then we, it was a 21 foot by 21 foot space and we subdivided it was a plan all along because I wanted to add, because I wanted to add a bath. I didn't want to have it be even spaces just from uh, a sound or, or a layout perspective of being a a box. So, uh, and we also needed a bathroom upstairs that way if we have intermission or someone wants to use a restroom is they can easily do so exiting the theater. So, um, that's where we got started with initially just doing, you know, demo work, myself and my two uh, contractors. And that's when we uh, when we started talking with Anthony and showed him the pictures and some of the details. Uh, what I didn't know at the time, the level of detail was, is they were actually going to evaluate what we had done and actually provide us actually engineering drawings. So based upon the yeah so based on that we went ahead and just demoed the little work we had done it was about a week's ten days worth of work it wasn't that overly significant um
1: but so just go back, himself, go back to, for, to scratch right just basically yeah. start fresh and why exactly. why have him work around that when I can just I'll just erase this and and we'll let him design everything with a clean room basically
2: yes exactly so. What they started with uh, it was essentially the clean slate of uh, picture we had, uh, just did on a simple CAD. Just gave them the dimensions of the space, and what they came back was a seventy-page set of drawings uh, to basically build out the build out the the theater from <sighs> again the end
1: to end. That's a lot of bathroom and- reading. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but I
1: wouldn't. Sprint, I, I'm right? just. I'm saying that to be funny. I'd be like. I'm sorry i'll be over here reading i'm like that's that's like material you just wanted it's like ah, ah, i just read through that that's amazing
2: yeah i'm an engineer by trade and project manager by job and uh work so i got dug right into it i you know i went ahead and got them i plotted out on 26 by 30 uh inch drawings and you know got them printed out and had them ready for my contractors mm. and then we sat and went through them all um, initially seventy pages at corner. that
1: size—is that what that took? Yes. Or, jeez, I'm working on a house right now, and I don't have—I've got like seven. We were blowing.
2: I was blown. <laughs> it's only away. two floors, I mean, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was it, I was blown away completely by the level of detail that was in the, the, the package package.
1: Does he go down to like a carpet thickness and everything? Or? Yes, he goes down <laughs> yes. to carpet thickness, stud stud
2: length, stud model. Uh, everything is nothing is left to chance.
1: No, it's, it's no. um, what's so what size of the room did you start with? What size of room did you give him? What was the canvas? Let's let's call so it
2: so. So, the so, sure. So, the room was originally 21 by 21 even as a square box. Okay. We took away, um, approximately five and a half feet by, um, like 15 feet to make a bathroom is outside the space. Okay. So what we ended up with is a room that's just under 14, uh, right around 14 feet wide by mm-hmm. the same depth. It was just 20 feet wide before you get into all the sound treatment and the build out and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Okay. So 14, 14 by 14 is the room? 14
2: by almost 14 wide by, by just under 20 feet. Uh, oh, 20
1: deep. 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 Okay. 14. Nine, and a nine foot high. And. Um, which, well, we'll get to it, I'm sure. Uh, which wall you had the, uh, you, you were shooting at. Did you go a long way, short way, but wide is pro, I'm guessing when you say wide, does that mean like the screen was on the 14 foot wide wall? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so 70 pages, 70 sheets. Yes. I should call it because it's 70 sheets. Um, what, how does it, like what's the, epilogue on this thing and then like how are the chapters go <laughs> it's like because <laughs> it like when you're reading blueprints they like things this size it's like how much I mean, like i said i'm not joking i'm like i've got s- like seven or eight pages for my house you know and that's going to have the floor drawings then you have your fa- your basement drawings and i have a roof page i have outside the house seven pages for an entire house oh well eight let's throw in the septic design <laughs> What do you? What do you get? Would how? Give you don't have. Let's not go through one, page one, but like how detailed okay. is he? Like, I that's insane. So it's so good, the, not bad. The, <laughs> so to backtrack just a little bit is I
2: first contracted with a company that uses uh, Modus VR does kind of the virtual reality mm-hmm. to give a concept. Yeah. So I just took pictures around our house to kind of give them kind of the color scheme we have. And then just gave them some pictures from the internet of kind of the concept and idea to keep a stealth-like room. And so they gave us some basic, very basic renderings to kind of give us a start. So I supplied that to Anthony along with the dimensions mentioned. And then he came back with – and it's essentially divided into sections – the, uh, the set of plans he provides. So one is the concept of those drawings and the layout. And then it goes into the general speaker layout, overall uh, location, dimensions, height, all of that kind of stuff. And then it gets into a good majority of it is the actual build out process. Mm-hmm. So, Cause we built a room within a room in essence. Yep. So, oh, so this structure. is
1: soundproofing and everything. So like yes, room within yes. a room. Okay, cool. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> <Go> so, <ahead.
2: laughs> so, so a good portion of it was the HVAC plans to keep um, the sound, uh, the noise floor as low as possible. Uh, and then, a, like I said, a, a good 15, 20 pages of sheets are all on the architectural and structural build outs um, for it. Everything from the risers to the insulation to the walls we'll get into ceilings. And then came the, 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 the second section, second half of it was uh, the door, the door was 10 pages and <laughs> probably took almost 10 men to get up, get it upstairs. <laughs> How big is it? The door is, is just under six and a half or seven feet tall, normal width of like 38, 40 inches, but it's all steel. So it's, it's a 400, <laughs>
1: the, 400 the door, door. The door itself, not the frame. The door is 38, 40 inches wide. Yes. And you put the word normal in front of that? Well, normal width,
2: but I saw, but the weight. But <laughs> yeah, that's big door. <laughs> that's yeah, a the door. door. Yeah, the door. The door took four people to get it upstairs and get it positioned because it's yeah, it's just over four hundred pound door that uh, they specified. Oh, that's a
1: that's a that's a great point right there. Whereabouts is this room situated in your house? Is, is so it obviously it's a on, second floor or another uh, an upper floor?
2: Yes. Yeah, so it's on the second floor uh, as a bonus room, right above the garage. So oh, okay. you were to come up. Yep. Yeah, if you were to come up the steps, you make a right turn, and about twelve feet down is is the bonus room where the door is.
1: Okay. Whew. So the all right, so the door isn't at the room; it's at the bottom of the stairs. Is that what you're saying? So, like, you come no, out no, of the room. You, oh, okay.
2: No, you come up the step you come in the house and you make a quick right to the landing and then you go straight up the steps oh make okay. a right turn and then twelve feet that's the door and then you walk right into the theater
1: oh okay all right, gotcha gotcha Because um, that's gonna kind of come into play for questions later too so go ahead all right so you got a, okay. a you got a normal heavy forty by seven foot door, <laughs>
2: yeah it's, it's normal in
1: quotations. <laughs> so,
2: so it was, you know, and then the last section of it was all the connections where to wire up, where exactly the speakers go, where exactly the acoustic treatments will go. Um, everything, how the conduit runs would be uh, to those locations and uh, all the specifications for um, for the stretch fabric uh, since we did stretch fabric around the entire Space in order to keep that stuff like look. So
1: that's, that's what that's, I'm kind that's of like, do, nutshell.
2: too. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, that's basically what the drawing sets are. Obviously, simplifying it, but, you know, it went and it left, like I said, no details left to chance. Uh, and that was key because of all the different trades and contractors I had to work with because I basically project managed it from end to end locally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, relying upon Anthony and his team with Performance Media uh, for. For guidance and questions and consultations, but um, yeah, for the most part, I took what he provided and we executed it.
1: Okay. Um, what's, what materials did you frame with?
2: So we framed with regular two by fours. Um, okay.
1: most of them were already structurally there,
2: so we didn't have to take any down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, cause it's a you know, pre-existing home. We did have, mm-hmm. uh, we do have windows on the back wall. And windows on one of the side walls, and so we framed in the window. Well, first, I replaced all the windows and put triple pane windows in. They were the original ones with the house when I bought it. Uh, eighteen, my home was built eighteen years ago. I moved in in two thousand nine, but we took okay. those out. But tr- so we put triple pane windows, and then we studded in the windows. Um, so that way, essentially, it was like a wall. So from the outside of the house, you look, you see windows. From the inside of the house, you see nothing.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. And I mean, you do the windows so that you have that secure. I mean, they're better window. And then when you, if you, if you take it down, you have a quality window there for purpose, you know, just to have that right. I mean, I, I'd recommend doing the same thing. (laughs) It's like a lot of people will be like, I'm not going to see it anyways, but it's, you know, you got a quality window there, but, um, holding everything together. Meaning like did you screw your, your, your lumber together or did you, uh, did you nail gun it or nail it? You know what I mean?
2: So well, we nail gunned it, but we did a three layer system. So we first uh, okay. so with the studs that were there and made sure everything was, was good, we first started with putting in um, wool insulation, rocks, rock rock mm-hmm. wool insulation, all the way around the sides and, and the ceiling. And then along the sides of the, uh, of the theater, we first started with, um, a layer of wood with, uh, some resilient channel and then put in, mm-hmm. uh, MLV or the vinyl material, quarter mm-hmm. inch thick, which is, if anybody has dealt with that, it's crazy heavy. Yeah. It's pound per square, or square um. inch. So we had to carry, I think 20 boxes up those flight of steps. So that was a workout and a half
1: right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause you're not taking the boxes, right? You're taking, you're breaking them open and taking them up a couple of guys. Yeah. 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 We yeah. We'd <laughs> cut them and then
2: bring them upstairs. And then finally, we would then, uh, then we put in our five eighths dry, five eighths inch drywall. So we had those three layers of the plywood, uh, the MLV material, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and then the five eighths inch drywall. And then the only difference on the ceiling, all the walls, that's for all the walls, all four walls. And then on the ceiling, we did similar, but we actually put another, uh, layer of regular R30, Pink Panther, Owens Corning insulation in addition to the rock wool for the ceiling.
1: Okay. All right. Um, how is that now? Like, so you have a wall and then now like uh, you built another wall to put these pieces on. Is that what you're saying? Or was this all like, how did that like a room within a room idea work? So we first, so that
2: bonus room at first was one where it was just open. Like if you came up the steps, And originally before we did the construction, you would just walk into it. There was no door. There Mm -hmm. was no framing. So that portion of it was wide open. So the first thing we did was frame that piece in Mm -hmm. to create a room. So we had studs that were already pre-existing and studs we added for for that portion, that minor portion of the addition. Mm -hmm. So we had a room to work with. So we didn't have to take any studs down on the ceiling or the walls or otherwise. And so then we just started building out. So the, the, you know, the insulation, the wool insulation was put into the existing stud um, bays and then put in two by six sheets as what we used uh, all the way around. Um, I can't remember the dimensions on them, but we put, excuse me, not two, two by six sheets. We put um, three quarter inch plywood all the way around and uh, in 30 in three foot by nine foot, just roughly sheets all the way around the perimeters of them and then again on the ceilings. So i
1: basically and that's your, created a box. That's your box. That's your room. Yes. And then you haven't create. you're going to create a room within that room after.
2: Right. So, so that's where have-
1: and three, basically three foot by, I'm guessing, and you got a nine foot ceiling. So you're going yes. three foot by nine foot with the plywood. Okay.
2: Yes. Yes. And then putting the mass loaded vinyl um, onto that wall. Actually, let me back up. So actually, we we apply the the, the mass of vinyl to the actual five eight inch drywall first using um, green glue, you know, uh, you know, acoustic sealant, in order okay. to get it where it's not so rigid because you needed to have it be pliable it's and good, flexible. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. So that's what we use, and we apply that to um to the sheets uh, that were already assembled of the sheets of plywood. So that created our our room within a room,
1: if you will. Okay. So to summarize, and this is for me. I'm, not, I'm sorry if I'm boring listeners, but I'm trying to keep up here. So work you you have the studs, you put you filled that with rock wool, then you went with the plywood, and then basically you've got your drywall on the ground. You put your vinyl on, you know, green glue on the drywall, vinyl on top, let dry, let sit. Now you mount that onto the Plywood all the way around the with, room. Yeah.
2: With resilient channel in between. So, cause we needed to create it where the room mm-hmm. can actually feel like it's floating. So you don't have it against one hard surface mm-hmm. against the, the other. So that's okay. what we, what we use in between both that and between the studs and the plywood itself.
1: Okay. All right. Whew. All right. So <laughs> now you've got your box or is that your room within the room? Or do you build more? That's, do you stud that out no, again? No, that's it.
2: Oh no, nice. that's it. Okay. Yes.
1: Oh, that's a, that's not too bad. I thought you were gonna go another row of studs inside that to do the like that do the real room within a room. You know what I mean?
2: No. Yeah, we 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 could have, but we would have then had to sacrifice more space. Space. Then right. I would have would have liked to
1: have. Yes. Okay, so now you have that. That's your that's the inside of your room. Um. How how is that? I just want to jump because I've experienced um, not exactly that. They didn't go as far with they didn't. They just drywalled and rock wool and green glued the drywall to the studs on the walls. Uh, used resilient uh, hat channels for the ceiling, nine foot ceiling, but put them right to the studs. It was really good for soundproofing. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Like if you went upstairs and they, we, we had a top, we had Maverick scene going downstairs in the room. And if you're in the exact room above it, you can just barely, you you, you just hear like the, like just barely, you'd know something was on, but it wasn't um, really, really loud. How, how does yours play? Now I know yours is in a garage, so that helps, but I mean, the floor has got to be an issue too and that's got to be really difficult to separate how does that how does that one work out for you guys
2: so so my office actually where i'm talking with you from is right next to the theater and when they were here doing their calibrations uh anthony and my, my integrators they had it cranked all the way up and all i could hear was just once it was at you know to reference for us for the processor, they had it cranked almost all the way up and you could barely hear um you know the bass from it. Is right. I've had I've had people in, in there uh you know, watching movies, you know, at a regular normal level normal is all relative, but let's call it a moderate level. <laughs> and I I didn't even know they were in the room. And, and it's literally that wall is on the other side of my th- my office wall is on the other side of that theater. And I couldn't hear it at all. Now wow. in the garage, I have no idea because it's the garage, so right. I, I didn't care. <laughs> so,
1: no, but abutting walls like that, I mean that's that's the test right there, and right. I mean that that sounds sounds amazing. Yeah, so right, was, we,
2: were, you know, we yeah we yeah we were watching Star Trek, uh, um, Into Darkness actually Saturday, and had it cranked up pretty loud. And I left the room, closed the door back, went into the adjacent bathroom that shares that wall, and right. I didn't hear anything. Nothing. So it works. You know, I have zero complaints about that element of it. And it took a lot of exacting detail because we've never done this before, myself and the contractors. So once we got the hang of it, it was straightforward. It wasn't difficult. It was just making sure we followed every spec. And they came out um, as one of Anthony's partners in... Uh, the actual speaker line, Manny came out and spent three hours with us while we were in construction phase just to make sure we were doing things right and provide pointers on some areas to to tweak and improve before we got too far along. So in that build process I was just previously describing, he came out about a quarter of a way in where we did a section and he came out from their offices in California and spent the better part, like I said, three to four hours with with my contractors and some other people, and verify what was what was good, gave some pointers on what to fix. And that way, we didn't get too far along with something that was not going right. to work. So, that quality assurance was 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 critical. I would say, and helped yeah. us help us work pretty pretty efficiently.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get to a certain point. oh man, it would have been better if you did it this way. Huh? <laughs> like that's so <laughs> right. oh, that yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty right. good. And it's a, I mean, the fact you're doing it right or whatever, it's a confidence booster too. And it helps you go a little bit, you know, little tips here and there, but also, you know, telling you, you're doing it right. Now you can, you probably move a little faster on the next parts because you, you're not like guessing, you know? Yes. Yes. <sighs> so how long, how long did that take you guys to do? Like just to get the uh-huh. room like that.
2: So the room we did is in start and stops. Um, just because my contractors work a lot of projects around the city. So I would get their windows of time where mm-hmm. they would come in on the weekends and do a little bit of work and then come back a few weeks later and do a little bit of work. And I was under no timeline. Mm-hmm. Is, and it helped with the budget in terms of spreading out you know, the cost and everything. So I would say the, it took us about seven months, actually, to do it from end to end. If we were doing it, like starting from, starting from square one and work a normal 40 hours on it. It would have taken us probably two and a half, three weeks to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to yeah do so. But for us, for us, and to me, I think it's a testament of if you want to do it and willing to be patient with it yep. um, and, and have good people, quality people to work with is for us, it worked out, but we weren't under any, any tight timeline until we got to the very end.
1: Yeah, when you see the finish line and you're like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> like,
2: well, we have re- but- we have relatives in town for the final product, so we did have a, a date by then. So, oh, okay. But the first part, the first part we're talking about here was was, was perfectly fine to to work it at a, at a really really slow and methodical pace.
1: Yeah, slow, methodical, but that's I mean, it's <laughs> relaxing too you know yes. and, and you you want to enjoy it because you don't want to rush you don't want to make mistakes like you were saying have taking the time for them to be able to come out and even check your work like that it's you know it is exciting you want to get it done but at the same time it's like when you're doing something like you said like an end game thing like this this is it it's you know you i don't you're done why would you, you know, so take the time, do it right, because the day will come when it's done, but you don't want to, I mean, as excited as you could be to get to the end, you still don't want to, you don't want to rush it, and, and enjoy the ride, too, because, you know, that is part of the fun, and I mean, you're, I mean you're getting an amazing experience just this part. Just me talking to you is an amazing experience.
0: Like, oh my God,
1: okay, you did this? And I'm like, and I, now I can never afford that stuff, but I take, I, this is how I learn. I look at peop, how people do stuff. And we used to read, you know, a lot of my listeners, I, we li, read the stuff in magazines and stuff. And be like, I think I can come close to that, right? I'm like, I can try to do something like that. Um, maybe not the same materials, but you, you try. And that's how we all learn. And, you know, it's it's awesome, so.
2: Yeah, I've, I've probably watched no less than, in the time frame between when I was starting to research during the pandemic to the time I made contact with Anthony, I probably spent probably no less than a 100 hours watching YouTube videos and researching. Um, between anything, between, you know, things from Audioholics and Matthew Poe and, you know, things he posted Navy Pro stuff, some of Anthony's pieces, uh, Michael's from Youth Man, you name it, I watched it. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I brought, in terms of specs, other than the speakers and that package, is I spec'd out all the gear to my integrator, some of which they didn't actually carry at the time, um, that they now carry as part of their lineup for, for other projects they now use, so... Uh, the due diligence was, to me, based on, you know, what I wanted to get out of it, how much I thought I was going to end up spending. Is It was time well invested to get what I wanted because uh, yeah. I didn't want to make as many compromises as possible. But, you know, obviously we all have limitations with budget and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> everything. I don't care what budget you have. You have one. Right. And that's, right. And, and that's compromises and there are going to be compromises. Um, Some people think that there aren't, but it's, you know, it's when it, I, it's funny when you when I've talked to people that think like, oh, I can just get I'll get the best of the best to be like, mm, that means you just don't know enough yet <laughs> because you can keep that's on right. going. Yeah. You can keep on going. Um All right. Uh, we'll get well, before we get to all the fun and the gear and stuff. So now your room is done. Oh, I mean, those walls are up. You have your your room. What was the? Uh, how many pages did that t- eliminate for you on the on the out of the seventy? And what was the next step after that?
2: So, including the HVAC piece, which was a part of that to put in okay. the diffusers, that, that would take that was probably like thirty-five or forty of the pages. I would say, okay, uh, of that piece of it, um, mm-hmm. and that included the riser as well that was put yep. in for the second row is the next stage was paint. So we had to paint the room completely, you know, black, you know, where you can't see anything at all. And then myself and uh, my contractor actually laid out and took the floor plans, of the placement for all the speakers, for all the acoustic treatments, the lighting in the room. We basically put a Tron room together so you would see nothing but blue tape, (laughs) blue and black in the whole room. So we laser aligned, he and I laser aligned with the two of them and myself spent two days laser aligning everything in the room for placement of where everything would go. So that way, when the integrator came in to connect and hook and hang the speakers and the acoustic treatments and the lighting, nothing was left to chance mm-hmm. because I still had to work my job, my day job, you <laughs> know, what I do, <laughs> you know, while they were going to do that piece of it. Um, during during the weekdays when they would come in so we laid all that out for them so that way they could come in and, and just basically play you know a rector set and just put things where they're already labeled
1: um, nice. from in the end. So, so i'm picturing like you've you've blacked everything out let me ask you this did you um did you get to choose the color black or is that part of the specs that they recommend or is that what you just wanted all along anyways
2: part of the specs we recommended, we knew it was going to be covered by stretch fabric and all mm-hmm. the acoustic oh, a- treatments that they supply are black plus mm-hmm. the speakers are black. So for us, it made sense and we didn't want to have a breakthrough see. of any, of any light or anything of that, mm-hmm. of that nature.
1: So, yeah, like, yeah, light like going through the, 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 fabric and reflecting right. off of anything. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I man, see, I, I even forgot the fabric part, which is, like I said, it's something I'm doing as <laughs> well, but I forgot that part. So, yeah, so black. Um And now I'm picturing this room looks like a blueprint, right? Like, because you did, you said you used blue? Is that right? Like, your your or room's blue, black. Blue, blue, but you, blue taped everything in the room on, like, where they, what, speakers need to be mounted, where, like, how many, like, that it's got to look... That's gotta look awesome. <laughs> like, it, but yeah, you know,
2: we've had people come, cause we finished that piece of it right before Super Bowl of last year, or I guess it's this year yeah. to that point. And then we had people come in to visit, uh, that weekend and show them the room. And they said, this looks like Tron. Yeah. <laughs> cause it was blue. Cause yeah, cause the blue tape was everywhere and marked out with dimensions, which make which model, uh, of a treatment, which make which model of light. Can which make a model of each speaker from Grimani that was being provided, moving you know, up blue tape out the projector, the uh the actual projection screen, you name the seats, blue tape that out to the uh, everything. Uh I even the lower
1: freshman area in the back. I did year like when we bought this house, we couldn't we we didn't have the space in the living room and we couldn't afford an island when my wife and I bought this house. And about four or five years into the house, I was like, do you want an island? And she's like, can we have one? I go, yeah, I just have to design it. So I designed it and blue taped the floor. And it stayed like that for like three years. And the and we even got used to like walking around the blue tape because the island was going to (laughs) cut off. We have this pantry on one side of the kitchen. The kitchen itself is probably... I want to say the space we had in our kitchen where the island is is uh, it's under ten it's like nine feet wide or something like that it's ridiculous not even nine feet right so when if you were to throw a three foot island in there you would only have three feet and we don't we have like twenty nine inches on each side of the island just enough on one side to open our. Uh, dishwasher, right? But I wanted everybody in the family to get used to walking around that because you wouldn't be able to just cut across the kitchen to get to the pantry, and we did. And then I surprised her one day. She was away on vacation. She came home, and I had hoarded all the pieces from the cabinet and everything, put it together. I did the whole own myself, but it... Came home and she's like, Oh my God, we got an island now. But it was like, But that blue tape, (laughs) that's what we did. And it's like, We, and they were like, We got no more blue tape. The kids were cracking up. They're like, They literally were little kids. And by the time it came in, they were like teenagers. By the time we had no more blue tape, it was the funniest (laughs) thing. But that stuff's, and that's, that's in a regular, that's in a kitchen. Friends would come over. What's this? Our future island. (laughs) So. I am familiar with blue tape. Um, but that's, a, that, that had to be a lot of blue tape too, because we'll, we'll get to your system and the speakers and the layout and the project, but that's a lot of taping. Um, that's, that's, that has to be cool. How huh? did you, and now this is just me being a nerd. Uh, did you just go in there and sit down and look around? Oh,
2: definitely, definitely I have pictures in an album and everything that we, we keep and all that for posterity. Cause, when we finished all that work, it took us two days and took a step back. And that was probably the first time I, I looked at the theater and said, I can exactly now visualize how this is going to feel and look while I sit in this room. Cause everything else was like a process of construction. Yeah. But then once you, vis- once you actually see where everything is going tangibly on the wall with that blue tape, it became black, term. it became real.
1: <laughs> right at that yeah. Point. Yeah. And, and, it doesn't, and that's that's got to give you like the nudge, like I just want to stop mounting the speakers up. I just want to <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, yeah, at that, that point I was, yeah, at that point I was
2: like, oh, I can't wait for the next phase of this to get going.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> sure. now it's like, it, it, I mean, as fun as it, I do love to build. I love construction. I love you know just using my hands, building walls, doing stuff like that. As much fun as that is once you get to that part, the stage we're we're talking about right now, it's just like, that's, it's beyond, it's not even work. It's not even, it's just like, I when are they in? When can I get these things here? When can we start mounting? When can we, when can we terminate some wires? When can we, like, it's just, it's not, I mean, it's like going to the playground for a little kid, right? It's just like, let's have some fun. Oh,
2: Yeah. I love the process of, this home was, was, we essentially have gutted it over the period of, uh, a little bit over a decade, but we do it mm. room by room at our own pace and I love the process from end to end as being a project manager by trade and by passion and so just doing that stage of this being the ultimate project for me, um, I enjoyed the process the whole way and having you know, those plan sets and that detail left that made it enjoyable because there wasn't a lot of frustration or anything like that or conflict in terms of Knowing yeah. who does what, how things get done, that is, you know, that was worth it from just a peace of mind standpoint. Um, oh, yeah. Other areas of the house, I'm familiar with how those things get done and lay it out. This was a foreign concept of this level of detail to have it done with that in game of performance expected. So this is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know, like you said, it's that peace of mind. It's the, you know, it's like, you you know your goal and you know what you're going to achieve it. It's not like as you're putting it up like that's that's what I'm doing with mine. I'm like I hope this works. <laughs> like, I hope this I hope this works the way I want it to. I'm expecting it to, but um just to back up a sec, uh, you said you did a lot of YouTube and a lot of research in that way. Did you do any visiting? Did you demo any stuff? Did you get out to see stuff to know that, okay, I hear this stuff on YouTube, and I see what people are saying, but did you get any real-world experience to try and, like, oh, I now I understand exactly from my experience?
2: I, I did. I mean, this process has been much longer than the the, the period of time when I started before the pandemic. And so the previous integrator and the current one had theater spaces. So I had a chance to listen and uh to their setups and speakers, kind of see the things I kind of liked in general, things that didn't like as well. And then there is in southern Utah, which is only a couple of, uh, hours from here, every year they do uh, what's called a parade of homes. And oh, okay. so so we would always mark out which ones had theaters. And so those are the ones we made sure we did. <laughs> What's usually is somewhere between five and seven of them. And we went and I would spend 20, 30 minutes in that space alone, looking, looking, seeing what it is, looking at the layouts, God. seeing what I liked, listened, seeing the ones that had scope screens versus sixteen by nine to see what I liked, uh, what she liked, uh, was placement, the whole nine yards. So we did that for a good two or three years. So we saw, in essence, you know, a dozen or more theaters. In actual, you know, homes that were being either for sale or not at the parade of homes, in order to give us a checklist to kind of know uh, what, what our what our plans would be. So that's a good By a proxy, idea. I city. would say, yeah, it, it worked out great. We loved just watching those kind of things, and seeing it in person was was fantastic.
1: Now, oh my God, that's a fan! I'm, I'm like getting goosebumps. That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Um, because of your job, did you have access to know which houses had theaters or is that something that we could do? And I say we as in like everybody listening and myself included, call up a realtor and just, or if you have a realtor friend, can you look that stuff up that way to get an idea and then just be able to travel around? And I mean, these are houses that are for sale, so you could go and check out theaters that way.
2: You probably you could is in this case this is an actual organization. It's the Builders of Southern Utah. I'm maybe messing that, that term up, but mm-hmm. they host this every year. So builders, different developers will have their homes, and it's usually fifteen to twenty, actually more now, almost forty homes. And this is in St. George, Utah, but it's done in Salt Lake City. A bunch of other cities do this. Uh, they call it something different uh, in other cities, but a lot of them do. Parade of homes in their area. And so they'll list the specs on the house, you know, on that site yeah. when you buy tickets. So you pay $20 to go to that event in terms of the cost of the entry overall for the whole show. It's two weekends. It's actually two weeks long. We always went for two days on one of the weekends and we, before we went up, we would go through the website for the uh, parade of homes and identify homes we wanted to look at for say a kitchen and look at homes we wanted to look at for theaters and say, we're going to this home, this home, this home, and we're going to make sure we hit those. And so that's, you know, that's how that works there. No, that wasn't their design, but that was our intent. (laughs) So so that's the benefit we got from that as well. And in some of those you can do virtually, As well, it's not the same in terms of getting the visceral effect.
1: But yeah, um, well, that's—I mean, that's the thing. If you do it virtually, that's just like being on YouTube. But you're trying to get away from YouTube and experience or see the ideas you're getting from YouTube, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So, So, all right, let's let's keep going back a little further before before we go before we continue with the room. But so, like you said, two and a half years of looking at rooms. doing YouTube, what led up to the two and a half years? How did you get, we'll take a little break here from the room. Uh, how did you get inspired to like, just even have a home theater, right? Like what movies did that for you? And, and like, how did you get to this point? Because you don't just wake up one day and end up with the room you have. It's not like, you go, Oh my God, theaters in a house. I got one now. No, you did. You've done everything right. But what made you do all this work?
2: Well, I've always loved movies. Star Wars is the one that always motivated me, still motivates me the whole yep. series. Uh, so, you know, I, I am a cliche at that point, but hey, you know, I like what I like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, so that started it. And, uh, actually my family always wanted to do one. And so my dad, uh, in his house, oh, it's been almost 25 years ago now, uh, when they bought a home, is actually almost thirty years ago. He had the same kind of uh, mission. He, look, we're from Ohio, and they have basements there. And he bought a home uh, when I was still in high school, and started. I we would just start going around to different i five buys was the thing at the time yeah. there, and we would go to different um, things of that nature. And he had good friends of family that actually had a home theater in his house, and I looked. This this was the coolest thing ever. So yeah, you know between between you know the the setups of them, the sound of it, the scale of it, and being able to actually do this in your home was aspirational. And so hmm. I was like, "This is awesome!" So, um, so I worked with his contractor actually in 1998 after I graduated from high school. Excuse me, college. Before I went into work, my job is I spent two months working with the contractor on. Uh, framing out and building out what would become his his theater downstairs. Oh Adams. wow. Nice. So that's so that's what kind of pushed me along and said, When I can do a house one of these days, I'm putting a theater in. <laughs>
1: nice. So yeah. So you it you built that so just out of college, building a theater for you know, and this and basically becoming a contractor, but learning the business, right? That's basically what you were doing, working with them and
2: yeah, he had a main contract who did the work, but I was his basically apprentice. So I would help, yeah. you know, you know, stuff things up, lay drywall, things of that nature, correct all my mistakes. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, got to learn a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, on then, other people's I, houses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I did all the research for speccing out the gear. So um, oh, nice. the, the DVD player, the speakers at the time, I would go to different audio places to go listen uh, to different systems. Best Buy then. And then, like I said, Hi Fight Buys, which was a, a local place and yep. some, some other high end places and then kind of narrow it down to kind of give my suggestions. I had no way to yeah, put on the budget.
1: Different budgets would be, would fall in different places. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. So that resulted in that theater and I was there for, got to enjoy it for two and a half, three months with, with my family, my parents and my brothers for, you know, until I had to move to Tennessee to, to go work my real job at the time.
1: So how far like you
2: where was that? So I so that uh, my parents at the time lived in Ohio and Cincinnati. Okay. I was going to school in, in Atlanta, Georgia Tech. And okay. so in between once I graduated college, I had a two and a half months time frame before I had to start my job. So I moved back in with my parents for a couple months while we were getting that piece of the basement done for the theater. Okay. And then once I finished that, I moved to Tennessee to work my, my, my real engineering job.
1: And <sighs> you had to leave that.
2: <laughs> well, I had to to, I, would, I would go back about every eight weeks. <laughs> okay. And then you, you were, My friends knew if you were going to find me, they knew where to find me in that basement watching some movie. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um, how many, did you have smaller iterations of theaters along the way? <laughs> did you like living room theaters, stuff like that?
2: I guess you would say so. I'm being, I don't even know if you call it that. It would be an entertainment area. So it would be a five, it'd be a 5.1 set. Um, And I'd hide the wires and everything like that. These were in apartments. So you do the best you can with the channels and, and making sure you, I would always pick the apartments that I was going to live in and make sure it was. Not going to disturb the neighbors as much as possible, <laughs> but yeah, every place I moved, in, I would have a five-dot you know, one setup that I would you know, put together myself, wire it up myself, do all the setups and everything.
1: Right. Yeah, and you run the. I did it in my apartment where you you pull the baseboards off, you hollow out the backside. Yeah. I don't own the baseboards, but if you router it out right, they never know right? And you can put, right. you can run yeah. your wires through there and everything, and then when you leave where it pops up, you just put a little bit of, like, you know, your, your wood, you know, uh, wood putty and then paint over it. They never knew anything happened, and you actually had speaker wire running back there and everything. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? Don't worry about it. Nobody will know.
2: <laughs> I got all my security deposits back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I was,
1: in a, I was in a house that was built in, like, the early 1900s, had horsehair plaster for walls and everything. It's like, I mean, you could. You talk about like you got a triple pane window uh in my our first apartment. It's like never mind the windows. I could feel drafts just through a wall. <laughs> just the wall itself had air, cold air coming through it. It was this house was so, blue. but um, but yeah, you could do all that stuff. And it's like, it, where? How did the speakers get there? You know? And it's it's tricky things you can do. And I remember when they came out. Remember the um. I'm sure they still have it. I just haven't shopped for it. But uh speaker tape. It looks yeah. like and then you paint over it. And if you and if you put enough paint and sand it, you can actually hump that and you'll never see it. And it's like you but you I mean you gotta get really <laughs> it takes days and days of paint it dry, sand it, paint it, dry, sand it. Just like you would bury something in clear coat on a car or something, but um dumb dumb stuff you do to try and just be fancy. Um so basically twenty years. You were going 5.1 systems in like yep. entertainment areas for 20 years until you're like okay, uh, you 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 go you're approaching the uh, you know the budget committee with now you go from a 5.1 entertainment system to whoa.
2: <laughs> well, the, well, the, there is there is a pause in that piece of it because this is the home oh, okay. I'm living in now where this is. Is, so I moved in, bought this house in, uh, the end of 2008 and waited about a year and a half, actually two and a half years, three years or, or so, cause of my travel schedule. Yep. And so in the family room area, it's an open area where you can, where it's the dining room, family room, uh, kitchen. And so in the family room, uh, the way the homes were built out here at that time, they would just have a little cubby in a corner where you'd shove a rear projection TV. And so we, we actually took that out and pushed the wall back and there was a fireplace in the center of the room. And then we cut it out in order to put a flat panel TV in there. So, um, so that's what I did in 2012, 2013. And okay. that's, that's what it has been was, was my essentially that was our theater in that space. And I did put a, an Atmos system in there. So it's still there today. It's a 7.1.2. So we've had that since 20. We well actually we didn't have the the height speakers at the time. Right. We just had the seven speakers and then the subwoofer in around twenty fourteen twenty fifteen is when we did that work yeah. and and got and, and got my first Kaleidoscope.
1: Then, oh yeah, now twenty fourteen fifteen that's before the Terras, right? Or was that right when the Terras? yeah I had,
2: a, I had a Cinema One. Uh, it was like it was like the entry level it wasn't the high end with the disc vaults and everything like that this was the you know rip it pull it out you know you know you rip it to the hard drive and and all that kind of good stuff yeah Uh, my library wasn't as big at that point but you know that's what i had so i was in heaven you know so that's what i had
1: (laughs) yeah it was that it's always been that pete that Well, not always. For me, since like, what was it? oh two, oh three, when they were founded and you read about it. And just the idea, it's like, it wasn't so much the company itself. And it's just when you read about it in Home Theater Magazine or Sound and Vision and what it meant, like what you could do. And they'd be like, I don't know if I read reviews or what, but you'd see them in people's theaters, right? When you're reading in, like, remember Home Theater Magazine had like, featured theaters in it, like a lot of them do now, still do, like uh, Cinema George was featured over in Europe, Um, but yeah, you'd read, like, you could just flip, go right to the next movie, or flip back and forth, and you just read about the ease of use that it created for you, it was just like, Man, and and it's like, can I duplicate that? Can I try to get something like that? But it was all, it's just like, like you said, like it's an aspirational piece and it, it just made, whether you get to get one or you build a system similar to it. Right. And then it's, right. but it's just amazing stuff. So, um so that's pretty cool that you got to, you get, you're getting that in what, 14 or 15, Uh not just travels with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um all right so so from that theater, which you still have now, uh then it's okay, time for the upgrade uh quickly talking to the budget committee uh is this like what you're doing what we're we're, we're talking about you've you're doing right now is had you been talking for years about like how do you approach that with quote the budget committee with your, your wife as you were years and years to prep them. So they know exactly what you're talking about. Like, are you saying like, look at this is like, I would, for example, I'd be like telling my wife for probably three or four years, here are my ideas. And then you give her a ballpark on what that's going to cost. Is that how you worked it up? Or did you just shock the heck out of her on that that day?
2: (laughs) Uh, When I first moved into this house, I was single. Uh, so, actually, my brother was living with me at the time because he, he moved out here at the same time as I did, roughly. Mm-hmm. So, I knew this was the house. And when she would come to visit, because uh, she lived in Missouri, Kansas City at the time, and showed her okay. the house, I said, this is where the theater is going. It'll be okay. one day. This is where the theater is going. And so, we, we had a lot of sidetracks in terms of what things were priorities in the house, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, based upon the condition of the home at the time to bring them up to, to what would be enjoyable. And so we, she always knew the theater was coming now. You know, the budget piece of it was, was a little bit of a gulp, you know? Yeah. Um, and it took a while to absorb it. It took me a little while to absorb it as well, but I knew that when I first made that commitment, um, in, in late, in, in mid to early, 2020 when the pandemic started to kind of think on this. I said, I have no timeline in mind. So mm. for me, I knew what I wanted. I knew it was within reason over a period of time. And once I engaged with, with Gramati and knew what I wanted to, to hear and what I wanted to experience, I said, it could take another year and a half and I'd be fine with it past when we completed. So, right. Uh, so yeah, so it wasn't, it was nothing was impulsive about it. It was, thought out and saying, this is, this is a goal and this is what we want to enjoy. And it is what it'll be within that, within a framework of our budget.
1: Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And that, and that helps the budget too. Cause like you said earlier, it helps you spread it out and it's actually, it can help increase the budget because you have X amount that you could do right now if you were going to do a turnkey that day. But then at the same time you'd be like, I can keep adding to this and that's, Kind of what I'm trying to do now is like buy a piece that I know that I that I'm gonna need, so that I don't have to all of a sudden when the room's done be like stop buying everything, you know. Um, but yeah, so all right, um, let's go back to you sitting in your Tron room, uh, maybe what on a bucket <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, that's what I did. <laughs> um, back into your Tron room, looking around, going, oh, we're close you know we you know you're really excited now cuz gears about to go in um what, what what's what what are we doing from here what's the next steps you were doing from here
2: so that was february of this year um, when we got to the tron phase and then it came to the process of ordering product. We, I had a, uh, an already spec out the gear. In the case of the speaker sets and amplification and processing, those all came from recommendations from, from Gramati and his team with PMI and Gramati systems. Uh, they will do, and he was comfortable doing any other speaker system, but I said, why bother? Let's just do what's the best it is from this standpoint, which I felt was, was, was his product. So, yeah. um, so we started the ordering process in you know, February or so, something sooner than that. And that's when we started ordering all the, all the gear for the, uh, for the theater. And the seats were ordered back in actually October, November, the year prior, just okay. because they had a six month lead time, um, mm. to get the seats, the seats done because that was the one piece, uh that my uh, partner, she wanted it specific of how she wanted it to be laid out, and I was comfortable with that. Those seats are similar to like the row ones that you saw at Sound Ten, mm-hmm. um, but they were made from Fortress, so they were a little bit of a custom item because they didn't. They which all which row
1: ones? The second row or the first row with the, the short back? The
2: first row, the, the Cavaliers or however that was pronounced. They, they yeah. looked similar to that, but but these were these were spec out actually uh I wanna say probably spring of, of last year in terms of concept. Mm-hmm. And then taking a fortress in late summer of last year and then paid a deposit in October of last
1: year. Okay. And then the six so how like describe those seats then, because I, I know what the the ones look at look like. But for listeners that don't know though the row ones we're talking about.
2: So there there's uh so there's a total of seven seats in the room, three seats in the front that are individual chairs with their own armrests, uh low back or uh seats that the backs of them fold up for when you're ready to recline or want head support. Uh and then the same thing in the second row where it's two left seats of the same style. If if your listeners were to um to research or search uh Uh, which is a seat manufacturer, C-I-N-E-A-K. There's a model from them called the Gramercy. Those are similar in nature if they were to to search on those. So, again, low back, low profile, where they would look, you know, right in place that you wouldn't know if they were sitting in a family room or living room space. They look like regular chairs.
1: Okay. Now, what was Anthony, did he recommend a low back, or was that a choice you knew you wanted and it just worked out, or how How's that?
2: That was a choice that we made. We brought that to the concept, okay. From both from the the virtual design initially, and then to, to he and his team, they knew the, the the kind of look and style we were going with for the seats, at least. Okay,
1: cool. All right, I'm, I'm I'm going through that right now. I spend at least once a week. I spend a good few hours just searching, looking for the right seats because. I Like you, I want low back, not maybe as low as that, um, but I also want lumbar support. I do want a headrest for when you are going to recline, you know, the power headrest that'll move forward. So if you do recline, your head's still looking at the screen. You're not like, ah, you know, <laughs> and that, the low back ones, it's, there, there's going to be a compromise there, I think. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Um, so, but that's, that's. When I did this theater, I wanted low back. And I these ones here are only, I think they're 40 inches off the ground is the top of them. And that's in most of the standard seats I see looking around now are around 43. It's it's hard to find seats. How high are those? How high are yours when they're folded regular? I'd
2: have to, I'd have to double check that. I'm not, sh- I'm not they're sure. They're definitely
1: lower. They're like 36, aren't they? I know yeah, from just knowing sure. from the row one ones.
2: Yeah, much much lower than that. I can check yeah. on that, but yeah, but essentially, yeah, it, it was a little bit of compromise. And ideally, I would have liked a little bit more lumbar. I'm comfortable watching a two two and a half hour film watching it because the headrest does come up to mm-hmm. my head, so it does for me. I want as much head support as I as I you know desire at the time, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm watching. Um, right. So the lumbar was a little bit of a, a sacrifice on these. It's good. I wouldn't call it great, but they are good. Yeah. And then I, I have a resource that I, if I needed to can make some small lumbar pillows if I needed them to be able to sit them right behind me. Um, yeah. Whereas she doesn't need them at all; she's perfectly comfortable as is with, with no with no modifications.
1: Yeah, it's so it is very hard to find the right seat, right? Because it's, it's yes. there's so many options, there's so many things that you want, and then but they're also trying to all these companies are trying to make theater seats for the masses, which we aren't masses.
0: Right? <laughs> I mean, right.
1: Masses. I mean, I use that, but they're trying to make something that people are going to want to buy, but it's like you really do have to end up going to almost like a custom design to get everything you want. And even then, I don't think you can. It's just so, it's so difficult to find, to get every feature you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what we, we did have to compromise. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it is ours were in effect custom, if you will. Um, because we took the design to, to fortress to build. And, you know, since there are seat specialists, they, they did, I would say they probably met about 95% of what we needed. There was that 5% of, oh, I wish we had this or I wish we had that. But, you know, you don't, for for those items, I don't even think about it unless in a conversation like this. Yeah.
1: Yeah what uh did you uh leather uh, or another yes. material leather okay we did leather yes nice all right um all right so seats we, we, you ordered your seats you're in the room you've you've ordered your gear uh how so I guess next it's gears showing up is that what the next step is or where are we where are we going from here
2: so the first thing that showed up was the processor uh, the audio processor as, and then what started showing up were all the speakers. And so okay. in the case of Romani's, they, they actually carried them down from Northern California directly here to the house. Okay. Uh, Cause I don't want to take any chances with middlemen or distributors. So they bought right trust to the your house. PS? <laughs> not <laughs> They're not that. a sponsor. I can say it. <laughs>
1: that went out with that
2: so I woke up tracking your tracking your Gramanis and <laughs>
1: they're heading to Seattle he's like wait a minute and I only use Seattle because that happened to John once he had books coming I, I think it was books for his store and he was tracking them and they were literally heading to Seattle I'm like, Why? he was like, they're oh, not going to be here today. <laughs> Cause it's, they're, they're like saying they'll be there. They're out for delivery. Just left the location in Seattle and he goes, they're not out for delivery. <laughs> it was so <laughs> ridiculous. All right. So yeah, I wouldn't trust that either. Um, now let me ask you quick though, processor, do you mean like do you, you got the, you got the, 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 I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. You got the network enabled, right? That's what we're talking No, that
2: actually, that came okay. out
1: just recently and i placed
2: my order for that before I, I, I gave him, I gave him a hard time about it. <laughs>
1: that's why I wanted to ask you. I'm like, I wanted, I didn't know when we would get to it. I'm like, was that ready? I had it in my notes. I'm like, was this stuff available? Cause you brought him in, in 2020, right? Like you said, Correct. like it was around then. So he, this wasn't out then and it was obviously right, but he didn't even have his speakers then, did he? He did. He did. Oh, There's he some did?
2: old, uh, Larry Wilkerson maybe, uh, has some old YouTube videos where he interviews him about the speakers in 2014, 20. 20- 15 or 16 okay. time frame. Okay. And so, um, so that's that once I talked with him and he talked about the speakers and he talked about them in the AV Pro, that's when I went out to do further research on his speakers. Okay. Just to okay. get a sense for, without actually hearing them in person, to get a sense for, you know, how they were gauged and how they were received from the community.
1: Right. So, okay. So you got a, you got, so your processor you're talking about is your, you're basically your, your AV processor, correct?
2: Yes. So it's a, it's a Storm, uh, it's a Storm audio, uh, processor. It's their, uh, current ISP MK3 processor. Okay. So it's their most current one minus the, the new, uh, all digital ones. Yeah. So, uh, so we, so we had to do all the XLR. Unfortunately, I didn't have to do it. My integrator did that piece of it, but do you not like doing Storm that? Up. I would love to do it, but I actually have to work to pay for this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I have well, to, to, to work my regular job in order to make sure I was making sure they they were accommodated accordingly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if time and work was no measure, then I would be glad to do it for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I got to learn that one myself. I'm so bad at it because <laughs> I love to work and all my own stuff, but it's like, I've done that to myself so many times, be like, you know, it'd been cheaper if you went to work and paid somebody to do this, (laughs) Exactly, but I I love to do it.
2: I mean, shorter than, I mean, I was, like I said, I project managed it. So I built Gantt charts, I built spec sheets, I built out material lists, did all the staging of materials for the integrators, had it laid out where everything was going. So we then plotted out. You know, copies of the items from the drawings place them where they would go so that way I would and then line them up and then go do my job <laughs> right
1: and I mean, check like, back, okay and then check here's the in. to-do yeah. list for today do this <laughs> that's exactly I literally yes that's exactly every it. day that's awesome that's all I mean yeah. as, as hands-on as you can be because like you said you got to go make the money to pay for this um all right the big question uh how many speakers are we talking here how many did you get yeah, nine, 19 in total. 19 so speakers, so or is that including your subsystem? It
2: includes the sub. So
1: it's an 11.4.4 setup. Okay. 11.4.4. So everybody out there, I, I like to have six overheads, but you went with four, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to trust Anthony, because I mean, I'm sure it sounds amazing. Um, but that's so 11. Where now? What do you have? What is your eleven? Before we get to the four and four, how, how do you have them positioned? So,
2: so there's, there's, a few there's choices three.
1: There. Yeah, so there's three in the front for the left,
2: center, right. Yep. And then there's two side wide surrounds, and then two other and four additional um, surrounds. So there's a total of six uh, side surrounds: three on the left side, three on the right side, um, and then there's two in the back.
1: So that's the three, then the six, and then two makes the eleven. So so it goes three, six, two. Okay. Um oh wow, that's pretty cool. So you got three down the sides? So you have yes, two, so basically sides. front wides, right? Yes. And then you would have what you would be a standard would be side surrounds, correct? And then you have correct. more sides behind that as well.
2: Yes, so
1: basically they're lined up with the first row and in the second row of seating. Ah, okay, gotcha. All right, um, and that. How far away is is your front row your prime seating position? My
2: prime seating is the second
1: row. Nice, cross country high five. Not a lot of people do that. It's I'm like I I love it too. So that that that's surprise. So you have. How far away is your seating position? So
2: from head level, the, the back row is 16 feet. Okay. And and then the front row is just over 9 feet.
1: Okay. And so you have front wides towards the front of the room, and then you have a side surround for that front row, and then a side surround for yourself? Yes. Okay and then obviously your rears. How far is your head from the back wall?
2: Approximately, I'm looking at it right now, it's uh, four and a half feet. Okay.
1: All right. Um, and that's just space back there? That's what you just have? This a
2: space and access to get to the projector. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, if we'd have had more space or I didn't use this office to work out of daily, is we would have actually done three rows, of seating mm. and my office would have been part of the theater and we were done three full properties, but I need, you know, I needed this space for a home office. So that was, yeah. that was a sacrifice.
1: Compromise. <laughs> Compromise. Another one. <laughs> um, okay. So you how high is your riser?
2: The riser is uh, checking right now. It's uh, 20 inches high.
1: Okay. 20 inch riser. Uh, you have, you're 16 feet away, rooms roughly 14 feet wide, correct? Yes, okay.
0: correct.
1: Uh, now how tall, how high is the walls ceiling? Nine? The ceiling's nine, nine feet, yes. Nine feet, so nine foot ceilings. Uh, well, here's the big one. How big is that screen? <laughs> 152 inch. Okay. 152 inch. Uh, what kind of screen did you get? So
2: I went with the Stewart film screen. It's uh, their blonde series, so it has a very thin border edge about an inch around each corner because mm-hmm. we wanted to go as wide as, as possible. On it. Does that so go so right to three, the edge? It goes right to the edge. I mean, there's a couple inches of play you know, between the left side and the door and the doorway. Um, but, yeah, we wanted it as wide as possible. It's a 2 it's a two, two- four zero screen.
1: Okay, so you went with a two foot how much space do you have above and below on a nine foot wall is it is uh, just about a
2: foot and a half above okay. um, and then we have amp we have plenty of space almost three and a half feet below.
1: Okay um, how did you come to your cinemascope size scale?
2: Um, with that was spec again from uh, their their drawings. They asked, they interviewed me and asked me, "Do you watch sports or, or movies in here?" And I said, "I wanted the cinematics experience." So that led right down to the two four zero. There were a couple of, of of options they provided in terms of manufacturers, uh, and I was just familiar with with Stewart at the time. Um, no complaints. I may have made a different decision after what I saw at CEDIA, but. Again, I'm, I'm happy
1: with what I had there. <laughs> what, what did what did you uh, what you see at CEDIA that you're like? I mean, it. it and I, I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. I, if I could have Anthony do my room, I guarantee you that as soon as Anthony was done, I'd be like, "What can I upgrade?" And it's no offense to Anthony. That's no offense to anybody. Any of these design Keith Yates. Any of these people, right? It's just the nature of home theater. You're just always like, all right, I got that. We're never done. So what did you see at Cedia that you were like, uh-oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, the, so to be fair to them, they didn't spec out which manufacturer to use. Uh, they okay. just spec'd out just these are the specs that will fit to what you're trying to accomplish. And so mm-hmm. it was all me to then make the selection. I knew then what I know now, I would have probably done a Seymour Screen Excellence. Uh, OK, just just because of uh, just as the quality I see there and what the potential would be with it. And, and that's something from my vantage point is something that's relatively easy to change out in the future. If I so desire just oh, how yeah. we mounted the screen on this wall and built a stretch fabric where if we wanted to change it out in the future, it would just almost be semi plug and play.
1: If you. Yeah. Will. Yeah. Screens are I mean, they're not simple but you can, I mean, that's, you have the wall and it's, you know, it, it's an upgrade that's, you know, pretty fairly simple. So compare it comparatively, right. Compared to the rest of your right. systems. Um, is it a uh, standard screen acoustically transparent where it has acoustically your transparent? So your speakers yeah, are all are. positioned right across behind it. That's the Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, and I'm trying to, He's, let's, before we get to uh, anything else, how, so how did you, so speakers are being delivered, they're on their way, they're being, you know, couriers, how, you know, what are we doing when, how was that process? They're arriving and then start mounting stuff?
2: Yeah, so, so pretty much everything else, you know, minus the seats and the speakers came to my integrator. So I purchased through... Through them, um, and I've was, I was purchased the speakers through them as well, uh, since they aren't direct to consumer on any of this product. And so, um, they all arrived to their shop and then we worked together to build a schedule starting in for June to start staging items because I was actually taking too much space in their shop with some of the, with some of the gear. So they asked, could they have some stuff left and stage here, like the acoustic treatments and everything. So that was, From the finish wall that was in the room, those acoustic treatments were the first thing to go up in the space, followed by the speakers.
1: All right. And what do you have for uh, acoustic treatments? Like how do you have them positioned, like sidewalls, front and rear, stuff like that?
2: The whole thing is in their plans, they spec out the exact locations and, and which package to get based upon the square footage. So with, with, with Anthony's package is basically he asks, when you give him either your information or whatever, he, he calculates what the cubic feet, uh, of the room is and then area. Package is packages already defined, uh, for that. And it's just a matter of placement. So well, with that Tron layout, that's what we did. We, he had this, the layout specifically where each absorber, uh, where each you know, diffuser would go. Uh, and how to do the, the wall in the front for, uh, you know, for you know, for sound absorption. So we just followed the plans exactly and just
1: did it. Yeah. Okay. That's That sounds simple. <laughs> yeah. It's, That's what you're it, paying it, for. It was sim- simple.
2: <laughs> yeah, simple, yeah, because I wouldn't want to try to figure out the first reflection point and mm. where to put which, you know, diffuser, what height. Those are things that, you know, I would have probably spent more time and probably been a little bit more confused at the end, as opposed to this, in this case, to me, it paid out of professional to, yeah, to, def- false. to
1: define that. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, that also, I mean, Anthony's using his own speakers. He knows dispersion. He knows where reflection points are. I mean, not that he doesn't with other speakers as well, but um, all right. So you put your, you've, you've got all of your sound treatments up. Next up is speakers. I'm imagining.
2: To the speak, yep, next to the speakers, yes.
1: Now, do you do you? How, when did you wire all this? All these locations was that done ahead of time, or because you're going to be doing like cloth in front of everything? Do you just tack that right along the black walls?
2: So we so we ran the conduit while we were before we even did the framing. Um, so mm-hmm. myself and the, the two guys, the contractors I work with, we ran the conduit runs. Uh, and then we actually, in the bathroom, created an attic crawl space. That way the wires would be accessible from the rack and then run right into the conduit for the integrator. So we did that conduit at the outset. And then they came in uh, and then ran their wire just prior to when the uh, diffusers and the speakers went in. And so uh, that's when that took place uh, in terms of a sequence of events. Okay. And so then... So then they would feed from the conduit. We probably put more conduit in there than we needed to, in hindsight, but it worked. Um, and then we used um, some good absorptive material to uh and rubber staples to tack the speaker wire all along the run. So they're they're tacked to the finished uh drywall that was painted black. And we used black wire and we used black um absorptive material, uh rubberized material actually to make sure we didn't have any rattling or vibrations. And then we putty packed it with some uh, with some electrical putty into those conduits so you didn't have any sound escaping and once we finish that.
1: Right. Out of the conduit. Yeah. Correct. Um that's cool. Uh let's see. So you're mount so now you're you're mounting speakers and are you how tempted are you? Do you have you've got your processor. Are you powering this thing up and just listening to it? I mean, are you like, are you just toying with it? What do you, what do you, I mean, the temptation is going to be brutal if you're not.
2: <laughs> well, the temptation was there, but I, I let, I let the professionals do their work, but I would step out and take a look. Uh, I've worked with those guys a long time. So they were, they were kind to me about coming in, and checking how's it going and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, but no, I, I let them do their work, and it just they would have questions for me because I, they knew I knew the plans inside and out. So, uh, so I was essentially a conduit, you know, to to that to answer a lot of questions as they would arise uh, during that process. All right. But no, I didn't. I didn't do. I didn't do that piece myself.
1: I. Just, oh my god. I yeah. It's it, mm, it's awesome. So much fun! <laughs> I like speed on the All right, so you got your speakers up um, before we get. I, I got to imagine when did the when did the cloth walls go up? When did that's in like when did you mount the screen and stuff like that?
2: So the speakers went up in mid June of this year, okay. uh, and we did all that work with the with all the you know, the sound acoustics and the speakers, and that all took. Approximately uh, a week and a half to get all that dialed in and make sure everything worked from that vantage point. Uh, and then we tended to, we initially mounted the, the projector, uh, because we were going to do an initial calibration with Anthony. Um, and we do, we did that before we did the stretch fabric. So we're at mid to late June by the time we had all the speakers in place, the projector in place and all the gear in the rack, uh, in place. So the stretch fabric wasn't done until after an initial calibration with Anthony and, and, and my local team here.
1: Okay. Um, well, all right, let's, before we get to the finished product, what do you got for a projector? What did he, did he recommend, or did you come to him with this is what you were thinking of?
2: I came to him, is, uh, I did a Sony 6000ES series. Okay. Um, is, initially I spec'd out the 7000, but then I saw the Mad VR in person and yeah. I said, well, I can get that and save some money on the projector. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I went within inspect that myself. And, and that was mostly because of the deal the light escape and Sony were running with the bundle late last year with the uh, oh, yeah. discount on the bundle between getting a projector from Sony and, and, uh, Strato Terra, uh, Terra, uh, bundles. So that's what. That was that was a high that was a high motivation factor to save a few dollars there and still get you know, optimal high performance.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like you said, where you're getting the you know you put a Mad VR in line with that Sony, you're getting how, what's your throw distance? Where's that? How far back is that mounted? It's
2: 17 feet? I can give you an exact if I look it up here.
1: Because <laughs> that, that's the why uh, I'm looking at for uh i'm looking maybe 20 feet oh maybe so i'd be a lit. i was looking but if i can move it closer i might i might have to redesign the back wall but that's what i was trying to do and i'm looking at that one i'm looking at the jvc same level and then uh i'm also considering a couple of a uh, one other large op- option, but I don't know if that that will be an upgrade someday, hopefully. But those are the two main ones: the JVC and the Sony.
2: Yeah, um, everything I saw at the uh, at the show, you know, I would never be able to afford it in the current state. But there's a brand, that starts with a B and ends with an O. That uh, yeah, I would love to have, but that's not in the cards right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I'm I was. Uh, I'll be talking more about it in the podcast, but I was talking to my calibrator. He has a, uh, by the time this comes out, I might have seen it. I don't know, but he has a Barco Braggy and he's like, come see it. And I was like, all right. And I'm like, why do you have one? And he's like, I'm house sitting it. I'm like, what is it? A pet? <laughs> but yeah, he had, he had somebody with a theater and they didn't want to leave it in the house and the house was going to be unattended for like a couple of months. And uh so we gave it to him and he's sitting with it and said, come down and we can A, B some stuff and we'll have some fun. And I'm like, I'm on my way. So as soon as I get a chance, I'm heading down to look at it. Um But what's funny is, uh I, you haven't heard this yet. I probably, maybe I wouldn't have talked about it by the time this comes out, but um he's so funny about it. He's like, you're not even going to be able to, he goes, you're going to be just as happy with what you have at home. And I have a Sony 295, right, with a Lumagen. And he's like, but it's calibrated. You've got your Lumagen. And he's like, I go. So, and I said to him, I go, so should I save up for the Braggy instead of the Sony for the new theater or the Sony or the JVC? And he goes, yes. And I said, but what's the difference? <laughs> he goes, there isn't one. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not a very good salesman, are you, Jim? And we were laughing, but that's, but he also knows the technical specs. He knows the background of these things. He knows the quality that you're going to be getting. And he's like, but to the naked eye, to the normal person walking in and out, there really isn't that big of a difference. And I was like, you're talking 30, you're talking like $35,000 for this thing. I go, it's more than double the bar, you know, what we're looking at. Never mind the really expensive, but this is a single DLP, but he's like, he goes, yeah, and he's like, but the, and and I know that he's told me the specs, he's told me the quality, he's told me one of the big differences, but, um, but I, I, I was like, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, well, Sony it is, or the JVC it is, right? And then he's like, but then you talk to him a little more, and I'm like, All right, I'll just keep saving. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> insane. It's insane. It but he say, like he said, he even says, there's no real. You're not gonna see a difference. And
2: is is yeah. If you, you mentioned calibrator. we can talk about that. You know, it was what you're ready for. It. That's a whole nother journey still onboarding that, but the throw distance is 20 feet, seven inches. That's looking oh,
1: okay. So you have a good image at 20 feet. You're, yes. you're shooting a, a really wide. I, I would be, I'm going 16, nine. So I wouldn't be as wide. I'd just be taller, right? So 16 by nine. I might, if, if, and I don't know if I've done, I'm doing 150 or 130 yet. Cause if I do a standard screen, I'm going to do 130. If I do acoustically transparent, I can go 150. Um, and I haven't decided that yet. And that's another one that you're like, I talk to one person, I'm like all in, in one direction. I talk to another person, I'm all in, in another direction. And it's like, <laughs> I need more experiences. I need to see, and then see how I, it, it's a tough one. Um, But yeah, so you get good HDR with that at, at, at 20 feet and you're getting everything looks really good. You're happy.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm happy. Very happy.
1: What's a gain on your screen? Is there any? Uh, I knew you were
2: going to ask that. It's uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) 1.2. Oh, that's not, that's not even that bad. Yeah. One, three is the line. You don't want to go over that. Um, but yeah, one, two, that's, that's pretty good. And you got, uh, yeah, um, all right, uh, let's see, I'm trying to, see. so once, it, like, you, you get your screen up, you've got your projector mounted, how is it, like, how much, like, hmm, I'll just say it, once you get to that point, did you really want to put the cloth up? You know, you still like looking at the speakers, you know what I mean? Before you put, before you masked everything off to get to stealth mode, there's got to, I know for me when I'm there, I'm like, maybe I could just get away with this. Cause there, I have been in theaters that are just like that. They're all black walls. Everything's blacked out. Cause when the lights go out, you can't see it. But then when the lights come on, everything's exposed. Was there any temptation there at all?
2: No, we, we were we were down a committed line, but I loved looking at it and I took a ton of photos. Probably more than needed. even if we just finished one section, I'd take yeah. a picture. Take yeah. a picture, take ten pictures. So I loved the look of it. Um and seeing like the magic behind the wall, if you will. And so that part of it was like this is awesome. Uh I knew that wasn't what we were gonna end up with in terms of having them all exposed, but that part of it I really like seeing everything that, that went into it. And I look at those photos all the time.
1: So when you, now how far away is the cloth from your, from your exterior walls, which have your speakers on them?
2: So along the sides, it's, it's, I'll probably get to, but along the side walls, it's about four and a half inches. And okay. then on the back and on the front wall, it's either six or seven inches. And then similar on the back wall and the top, and so we had to build ribs out. So we, this was the diff, most difficult part of the project, was finding someone who could do stretch fabric installation. Um, we, as we looked long and wide and far, and uh, there's a friend of ours. She's an interior designer that we work with, and she happened to have someone who does interior and does stretch fabric for the casinos here.
0: Oh, and wow.
2: Yeah. So we were, we were lucky because we spent months and months trying to find someone who could do this type of work. And it just so happened um, that we were able to make contact with them and then have, you know, have a group of guys, four in total, who were, knew how to do this because they were, they're doing a project at the uh, new hotel being finished in December. And that's what they were doing day in and day out. So
1: we got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have Vegas right near me so I'm not getting that. Um now what the difficulty in it is there is there an issue with especially when you're getting this intricate, right? You're getting this detailed with your with your design with with your quality and everything. Is there like a specific um way is there one is it a spe- specific material? And the way you stretch it, can that audibly change the dynamics of the speakers? Do you know, um, do you under, do you, do you know what I mean?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. So the latter part, to best I understand, no, it okay. doesn't dynamically change as long as you don't try to exceed the maximum length of each section of the fabric. Um, so okay. in terms of specking out the fabric, that was also something that uh, PMI and Gramati's team did. Is we gave them kind of our color palette of what we wanted, and they came back to us and said, "This is the this is the recommendation for uh, the manufacturing model for uh, the stretch fabric to purchase." So we went with their specifications, and they're rated to be acoustically. Um, the fabric was acoustically sound enough where we didn't have any uh, change in the dynamic, you know, properties of the speakers passing through it. So, okay. um, so that worked out really well by having those specs and just ordering to specification.
1: Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty, cause I was wondering if you took stretch fabric and like, if you stretched it too much, does it, cause now all of a sudden each of those threads is moving in a different way. Does that affect sound waves or anything differently? I didn't know if that was, I'm not worried about it in my case, cause I'm not expecting the the detail as great as a gramani system, but I could see where that detail would be important and I didn't know if that was an issue or not.
2: So we built so we spec the what they so you have to build out these structural ribs, which is basically two by fours mm-hmm. um, as an assembly off of the, you know, attached to the wall. And so we already knew where the speakers were going to be placed with the layouts. And that was key, getting that all laid out. And then when we knew how much the size and length and width of the sections of the fabric that they can be purchased in. That's when we had the upholster um, contractors who were going to do the work come in, and we told them these are the. We showed them the layout of the tron area, and said we need you to be able to build the sections, you know, that you need to support the stretch fabric in between these spaces. So they were able to make it work based upon that layout. So that's the one piece you have to figure out. The speakers are the priority, uh, sound acoustics were the, were the, were the the priority. So the compromise was making sure that the stretch fabric ribs fit around, um, the already predefined locations for the other, for all the the other elements.
1: Right. So once all that was up, how, uh, how satisfied were you then? Is it like, all right, I can't see everything, but this is pretty cool.
2: It was awesome. Well, the first time was the remote calibration. So when we got all the speakers up and the ribs frame but not the fabric up, is Anthony does a remote calibration. So he dialed the way his speakers are. He dialed in from wherever he was. I have no idea where he was. Uh, and with my team. And so I sat in a room with them for the four or five hours of them doing tuning and calibration and adjustments and just hearing just, you know, the sweep. Of running it through all the frequencies was just amazing. Was, yeah. That was the moment you I got chills. Just more y'all say, oh man, this is incredible. Yeah. And uh it was amazing. And so then we played yeah. some two channel stuff and then played a few scenes and identified some squeak and rattle areas to do some fine tuning. And right then I was like, This is awesome. This is incredible. And you know, we I started playing content that evening. <laughs> with oh uh, really we have That's... everything fully hooked up but yeah we had as much as we could hooked up I was playing content just to try to enjoy it because the seats weren't even in yet that was the nip and tuck nail biter element of the project
1: what were you sitting
2: on lawn chairs I was sitting, I was sitting on the riser he was his carpet on the riser I was sitting on the carpet <laughs> so uh, and then I sat on the front row where the front row would be with a pillow behind me <laughs> so, Yeah.
1: Uh... I, that, did you, uh, have you been listening? Have you, have I told the story, uh, of when I built this one and they delivered the television? Cause when I built this one, I put a 65 inch in the wall. So it looked like a flat screen. This was in 2001, uh, January, 2002. And they delivered it. I bought it in Jan, December. I They delivered it in January, right? Like a week before the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. So they, they bring it in. And my, my furniture wasn't in the room yet. And my buddy that I was working with, uh, he worked for me at the time. He was over and it was raining or something or snowing and we couldn't work. So I was like, well, the TV's here. Let's go. And there, no room treatments, no nothing in the room. Just us, no carpet, no nothing. But we had, it was the first time we had an image on the wall now. We can do that. All the speakers and everything were all wired and in place. And it was... uh Probably a five one, maybe it was six, six around six one system with a single in the back. Um, and we sat on two five gallon buckets and watched all of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> The entire thing. We were only gonna sit down and just watch a scene but then we were just like, this is so cool and we just sat there on two gallon on five gallon buckets, two idiots watched the entire movie and he's like, I thought you were gonna, and even then he's like, you're not gonna do Star Wars? I go, no, that's when it's completed. I said, I can do that one, but I think that might have just come out or something on on DVD and uh, I put it in and we just sat there and we're like, listen to this this is awesome <laughs> it's like <laughs> but it's also yeah, awesome. yeah, so you're sitting there in basically a Gramani room on the floor, just just drooling, I got him. Taking it okay, in.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um so at that point, your your um uh your remote system, everything? Uh your uh, all is that all installed, everything? So you're operating the system pretty pretty seamlessly? <laughs>
2: so it was operational in the sense that if we wanted to we could we uh, everything's tied into a, a smart home control for mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have everything integrated yet so we were doing some right. of those things manually tying in with an HDMI into a computer so not everything was up up but it was enough in order to get cal- get the initial calibration baseline done right um, right so that's that was done July actually July 5th and then from that point it took a week and a half to get the stretch fabric put in just because we were working around the schedule of the uh, contractors doing the hotel so some of these hotels lines, listening <laughs> I know right <laughs> so we were just working around their shifts and I was grateful because these guys are professionals and and they didn't take them a number it didn't take them a number of hours it just took trying to fit in between their other project to get yeah. them to finish the work but they were they were great they were great.
1: That's awesome. So, uh, so that's July. We have stretch fabric up. We have rooms. Uh, you, it's carpeted, as you said. Um, projectors mounted. Uh, Mad VR. Would, did you ever run the projector without a Mad VR to know the difference, or did I, you did you get it I all together?
2: It. I have it, and I keep thinking to myself, I'm already spoiled. I'm, I'm wondering what it does if I actually turned it off and ran it without it. What the comparison would look like? Well I to done do, that
1: yet. Yeah, to do that, I know the Mad VRs have their uh pass through on the back, so you could do it, but you have to if you're gonna do it, you have to to be fair to the comp to the uh comparison, you have to calibrate the projector. It, it's a completely different calibration. Right, so you have to have it going to a separate input, and then you have to calibrate that input so that it now the projector is doing everything. Okay, Okay. so now you're turning on the HDR, you're turning in your you're calibrating it for all the processing, and then you can get a good comparison because what a lot of people do and dealers I've seen they they'll run they're like here quick boom boom, but it's the same input and it's you. This is with it off. This is with it on, and and I say this to be fair to everybody because I think it does a big, it does make a big difference, right? But it makes an extreme difference if your projector's in dum dum mode and it's not doing everything right and it's not calibrated right, and then you you compare that to when you put the video processor in line. You clearly you're going to see a huge difference but it's, you know, so there is, there is a difference there, but you need to make sure that to make the comparison fair, you have to do every, you know, get both sides, um, calibrated that, that is. So did you lose me for a little bit? You got me? We're good.
2: Yes, we're good.
1: Okay. Yeah. It looks like there's a delay going on now. Um, okay. So, Mad VR's in line, everything's in line. How long did it take for those chairs to for your seats to come in and everything? Because we're at July now, right? We've got – basically it sounds like we're pretty close to almost done.
2: Yeah, the seats were a little bit of a pain point. And that would be a lesson learned. Um, is If you're going to order anything, uh, order the seats first uh, because our seats didn't show up until the day before – her family was coming in town, so oh. everything was done. Everything was ready to go, and we actually and we actually had to put uh, Anthony off from doing his calibration by a week from what the schedule was because of the seating.
1: Right. So, so he comes uh, in and does the that calibration.
2: That was a little bit of a, a nick and tuck.
1: Yes. So he comes it. Yes. Yeah, he does it after so the seating he, and everything is in place.
2: Correct. So we had to move his schedule out by one week um, in order to get the seats in. So they came in the day before he was coming in town. So um, we were fortunate. Oh, oh. You know, that was that was stressful. That was the most stressful part of the whole thing.
1: Oh, I bet, I bet. Uh, so now. The calibration, does he do the sound calibration at the same time? Now, does he do the video calibration as well, or do they all come in together to calibrate the room?
2: He can do the video calibration, but because of the time schedule, because of our shifting, because of the seats, he didn't have time to do the video calibration. Um, I'm wanting to see if he's available. We've been in communication about when he's able to come back to do the video side, but he's crazy busy um, as it is. So we just did the sound calibration that day, um, you know, for the room.
1: Okay, so how was that? How did you, did you sit in with him while he was calibrating and how, how did that go?
2: That went well, I had to step out for some meetings. I was conducting some training for a client. So I missed a decent portion of it, but we'll step in, uh, three to four times. It would have gone sooner, but we actually had a, uh, we had an outage in our neighborhood for about a minute or two minutes. And so they had to, so it, so it, they ended up almost having to start partially from scratch over. So that, oh. that really kind of, uh, that was, I didn't have to do it, but I could tell from them that was painful. Um, from their vantage point, but, um, all in all, I think if they didn't have that issue with, with the, uh, with the outage in the neighborhood is, it would probably would have taken them about six hours to, to complete it. But, um, they, I went and sat in a few times. I didn't ask really any questions. I just wanted to make sure they could work as efficiently as possible. And mm-hmm. you know, just observing where I could to see what was going on. Uh, if I if I had the time or availability,
1: I definitely would have sat in as a fly on the wall the whole time. Oh, yeah! It's like, or at least set up a like a like a like a GoPro. <laughs> 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 Just like have, watch it. <laughs> I'm not in there, but look at this. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, now calibration, everything. Are we? Is this done? Are we? Like at this point in the in the process? Are we talking what done here or how, what else did you have to do? That was it. When he finished his
2: piece of it, that was done. And then uh, because of the video calibration, that was the only open item. Um, that's still the only open item at present. We tried to use a local uh, person, but they were not equipped to do it and decided to decline the work. So now really? the only thing we want to uh. get, yeah, that's a whole nother story.
1: Um, it's is. I, it's one we're going through. To be fair, right now it's like I, that's why I was talking to Jim last week, my guy, and I'm like, I want to put a team together to actually talk on what it takes to find a good calibrator, video calibrator, right? And it, it isn't easy to do, and there there's only a handful, and you know we're all over the place, customers. That is, you know, so. Ugh.
2: Yeah, I did some looking up and research trying to find one here locally, and we located one. But uh, they came out to the job site, and we were actually in the middle of doing, you know, doing the Mad VR setup with Ryan from Ascend slash Mad VR. We were in the middle of it, and then we asked him if he had any questions, and he declined the work. So um, that was quite the scene, scenario, and situation. So, so now we're. We, well, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it I am curious to see what it looks like with a, a calibration that's you know integrated into the mad vr process to see what the difference looks like
1: um, yeah well you know I mean you've you had a projector before didn't you are you, you familiar yeah, with it. oh okay um like stuff I was talking about last week with calibration it's like the mad vr is probably doing the most of it and they can you can you can get a pretty good calibration through your video processor if they set it up, uh, if Ryan set it up that way. Um, yes. But there's other things like when you get into the projector side of it, it's just, you know, basically aligning the colors and stuff. And there's other, you know, a few little tweaks there that you can do that, um, like, like a lot of people say, out of the box, these things are nowadays are so good anyways. But to, to get that final bit of tuning, that's what you need to do. Um, but I'm sure your image, I, I'll, I'd be willing to bet that after you get the, the calibration on the, on the projector itself, you'll be like, okay, that's, that is good, but it's not going to be, I don't think it would be a dramatic difference because the overall image itself is just so stunning anyways.
2: Yes. Yes. That part of it is amazing. And when we fired it up with her family in town, we watched, uh, Phantom Menace when they came in town, they were just, Cause they had been out here several times and we're like, we're going to go watch a movie. And we brought them upstairs and we put on Phantom Menace. They were, their jaws almost hit the floor literally. It was amazing. Oh yeah. To, to see other people's experience of it. And that was the first time with me not being in there by myself or with, with my partner, she and I watching it to see other people's, uh, impressions. It was pretty, uh, pretty awe inspiring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so. When you did that, did they know you were building a theater to, or did you keep that yes. part a secret? Okay. All right. They
2: knew, but but it, people's impression of what they think you're doing and what they yep. saw was, I think, two two totally different things. Oh, so they sure. hadn't
1: been by to see it. They didn't know what you were building. They knew you were building a home theater. They just didn't. They hadn't seen it. Right. All all
2: they saw prior to that was um the steps the previous time. Okay. That was all they saw. It was nothing was built, it was just everything was in a demo yeah. mode with the last time they were here prior to that. So yeah. they they couldn't envision what it was gonna look like and we showed them no renderings. We just wanted you to come in and enjoy That's the awesome. experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I've had people over here over the years, uh, my kids will bring people over, but we, one time we had a whole family over to watch a movie, um, a whole family. They have four, it was four of them, two adults, two kids and our two kids. And we're like, Oh, let's, we were out to eat with them and we're like, let's go back and watch a movie. We got a theater. We, and they're like, you got a theater? I'm like, Yeah, home theater in the basement. And they had no idea. So we come down the stairs and I have a, at the time it was like a 42 inch plasma at the time hanging on the wall and a couch sitting in front of it in my basement like right outside where the theater was so they come down the stairs and I hadn't come down yet and they're the the four of them <laughs> The family of four standing in front of the 42 inch television, (laughs) but the door to the theater was closed and there was nothing like now I have signage on it. It was just a white door at the time, right? There was nothing else on it. It's just a, it looked like a closet door closed and the four of them are standing there staring at a 42 inch television going with a, with a couch with just like a regular couch. Like where are eight people going to sit here? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, the looks on their face. I'm like, all right. I, and I walked right in and I'm like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I got a few over here and I had them all in the wall. And they're like, I, I don't know. I was like, well, why don't you have a seat? And they're just looking around. And then I <laughs> opened the door to the theater and they were like, oh, my God. And they were so relieved there was another room, right? And they walk in, they're like, oh, my God. Cause they'd never seen a home theater, but it was like, it's the shock of a 42 inch and a couch for four people. <laughs> it's just like, cause people have no concept of this stuff. Um, have you been able to, since your room's been done, have you been able to have somebody in that has no idea of anything and just be like, oh, I got a theater. Like, oh, what's that? Let me show you. <laughs>
2: Well, on the 21st of this month, we're having some people over who haven't seen the final product. They just know that we're doing it, but they haven't seen anything of it. So okay. we're going to watch Mission Impossible because we, none of us have seen mission, the new mission impossible. The new
1: one. Yeah.
2: The new one. So when it, we're going to download it tomorrow and mm-hmm. then have it ready for them to, to come over a couple Saturdays from now to, to enjoy the theater for the first time.
1: That's yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to that a lot. It is, it's, that's, it is the fun. It is a lot of fun to have people in and get them to, oh, like just the, the the mouth drops, the, they, and then the questions. They'll be like, can I get one of these? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are so, you yeah, doing? The only, other
2: people, <laughs> the only other people we had over here, which was kind of a last minute deal was, uh, so Trevor from Grimani business development, um, mm-hmm a lead. He actually lives here in Las Vegas and, you know, messaged me because he had some, some people they wanted, they wanted to check out a Ramani theater that came here the week of CD. So they're coming in from Australia. Yeah. So we, so I brought them in and I did the whole feel like they do the demos and give introduction and all that kind of stuff about the gear. And then we, Trevor and I played four, three or four demo scenes for them and they were, they were kind of, that's when, and they're integrators in their own right in Australia. They do theaters there and they were blown away legitimately. And that's when I, that's when I knew that, okay, I thought it was good. Now I have basically the stamp of approval from other people who, uh, you know, who came in, you know, sight unseen to to see the theater and get a chance to
1: listen and experience it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you literally have a true demo theater, right? That that's, like I mean, Anthony's using it's a demo. Like, come on out and see my stuff. And they're <laughs> like, Go see Greg. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. Well that's what I told well, that's what I told him. I said, If you need somebody
2: to come through, just text me the day before and we'll run them through the demo. I just need to build my scripts. I just have know what scenes I'm gonna play, but I haven't built a scape script just yet. I'm going and to I, when I find some time.
1: I can I, I'll send you the one that I built from Cedia. I took from like oh. the different rooms. And, uh, I put it out, but it's so funny. I, um, a lot of people don't know what that is. So it's a, talk about a niche market, right? Um, but yeah, I have a, I have a couple of scripts that I built for, from that. So if you have all the, like I did one, it's all in one. I didn't do like a trinov room script and this, but I did like all of my favorite scenes um, basically from the Trinov room, from the Grimani room, and then also from the Sony and the JVC rooms that had, you know, good, you know, so I, I redid the script, but I actually, I actually asked, uh, um, Josh from Kaleidoscape if I could get the script from the Trinov room and he, he actually got it for me. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can do it myself. I know all the scenes and I just built it myself. (laughs) And then right after I was done, I was like, he's like, here's the script that we were having. I'm like, okay, thank you.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll save you time because I've got uh, Brett Burequist put out a video how to build a script on YouTube and I just pinned his and I was going to build it. But if you have it, that's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you. I'll send that to you either. If I don't send it to you after we're done here, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Just hit me up. And I'll, I'll, I'll send it right. Okay. I can email it right back to you. It's pretty simple. Um, awesome. and, uh, yeah. So, all right. So your room's done. What's the first thing you personally did when your room was done? What was the first thing you watched that you, were, like, cause you said you had people in and this is the first time with just not with other people in the room and not just you. How much fun was it for you? Just you person. Oh,
2: just me. It was, it was incredible. So I played, um, Tom Gunn Maverick,
1: cliche. I watched it from end to end. um, This doesn't, Craig, it's not a cliche. (laughs) It's not a cliche. It's like, first off, I don't think there's enough of us. (laughs) Hope theater nerds to call anything a cliche, (laughs) but within our world, I get what you're saying, but I mean, when they're great scenes, they're great scenes. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) So I watched that in the end. And then I watched training day from end to end um, with the, with the HDR version from Goliath escape. And I was like watching the movie for the first time. And I've seen that one probably a dozen times at this point. Mm. And then Empire Strikes Back. Those are the first three I watched by myself. Um, From there, and then every Saturday morning or Saturday evening, she and I go in there and watch a movie. We pick out a movie to watch from the library or something new, and we we get in there and watch movies. We actually, watch three of them Saturday night, back to back to back. Really? <laughs> wow! Yeah, which is rare for us to have the free yeah. time to do that.
1: That's, oh man, that's great. Now, you're saying, the two of you, like how often are you in there and when you're not, are you missing it? Like can you just like not wait to get back?
2: Well, I'm missing, is, is there has to be a movie watched at a minimum once a week, at minimum. Oh. So, um, so I may sneak, I sneak in there on occasion every, every other day to go watch a couple scenes or something. Just yeah. so if I have a little bit of free time I'll go in there and watch a couple of three scenes of something I have not watched in a while, just to just to see it and feel it and get that visceral experience. And then uh, she and I will will then determine what we're going to watch on a Saturday. And then Sundays I watch football in there all day long.
1: Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I leading up to Cedia. I didn't – just because of my schedule, and it had nothing to do with CD, my personal schedule and everything, I didn't get almost any time in my theater. I was like – I remember even on the show, I was like, guys, I, I, I didn't see this or I haven't been able to see it. There was time – it was very, very limited, and I, I'd watch something – like we do a show on Tuesday and I'd watch something on like a Monday and then like even that Tuesday, I'd save it for the following week. So then it so I'd have content for the show, but I'd go two weeks or more just because I couldn't get in there. And then I went to CD. I got to experience all the stuff there and I'm like, wow, this stuff's great. And then I did get to come home and get back into my theater and you're like, it is so. It, it, spending some time away is fun. It's not fun when you're doing it, but when you get back into it, you're like into the theater. That is, you're like, wow, I forgot how good it is in here. Because we do kind of take it for granted if you're in there every single day. You just like, yeah, yeah, big screen and beautiful image, and you you don't take if you don't take in other stuff like other television, other displays and everything. You just get kind of not jaded, but you you know complacent until you're out there li- watching, and next thing you know, you go back in after a few weeks, and you're like. Oh wow. And yours yeah, is like we <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. Cause we, we started watching in the darkness Saturday night. Uh, that was the third movie we were watching. We didn't quite finish it. And she says, well, we can watch the rest of it from the bedroom because the class stage work through the house. Yeah. And I was like, Oh no. I said, not, <laughs> so we kind of, when we come back in this theater, we will resume that movie, but I'm not, I'm not watching it on just a sound bar.
1: <laughs> in yeah. The yeah, that's, uh, I'm, that was my thing. Like when I got the Kaleidoscape, I'm like, one, I could probably, I can't afford to network my house, but I'm like, I don't need it because I'm like, all the stuff that I have on the Kaleidoscape, I would only watch in the theater. Right. And I'm like, ah. but I am starting for the podcast sake. And this is legit. I'm like trying to shop for is get as cheap as I can, uh, Strato S six. For one to add a little bit more storage to my system, but it's not so that I could have it someplace else in the house. It's really so that I can, I want to start doing like demos and to be able to take that with me. Cause you can't, the Terra system, you, you'd have to take everything and have a network. Right. Strato's all one together. So if I can find a good used one, a, a decent price to use one. And then I would have it elsewhere in the house. And it's not like, you know, because why not? You just put it in the living room or in the bedroom and be able to, you know, watch a movie or watch special features or something like that elsewhere in the house. So uh, I never intended on that. And it really is for the podcast so I can get out and do some demos with people because I got a, a huge idea coming up for next year, literally a year from now. Um, so, um and I would need one to do it. Uh, but that's the only way. But it is pretty cool. but. You're right. You're watching in the theater. I'm not going to finish this in the bedroom. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then but no, I need another excuse to come back here. But not that you need. That's right. <laughs> um, how how good was uh, Empire Strikes Back in that snow and the 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 contrast huh? and the it, like? It just looks awesome. It, it really it's, just so it's envelop- impressive. Yes, yeah, it's
2: just so enveloping that. Is I thought I was a little bit skeptical where people say you know you get this immersive experience and you forget where you are because I never really experienced that even in a theater theater you know there's people around you and people mm-hmm. walking around when I sat there and we watched watch I watched that it's just like I forgot you literally forgot where I was you just so into it um, that you just you just forget like we watched the Covenant. Uh, at the theater back in January or February. And then we watched it at home and it was a totally different experience of watching that same movie at home. Just the subtleties you pick up in the sound, the, the quality of the picture, the, you know, those, those small elements of it is, is, is just watching it. Like I said, for the first time all over again. And it's just, it's just yeah. hard to put in words.
1: It is, it is. And I, I try to do it every week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys do a much better job than
1: I can. But it's but the, but you're right. It's like it's and I talk about that all the time. It's like you see it in the theater, and as good as it is, and we're trying to duplicate that experience and the tech uh, and the ability now has surpassed the theaters. And it's I don't even know if the theaters could catch up because there's something to be said for that intimate environment where you are closer to your speakers. It's tuned. For you, right? Now what, if you tuned it for multiple seats, you tuned it for your seat, it's tuned for you. These large theater, the cineplexes you go to, they're tuned for the entire room. So even if you're sitting dead in the middle, it's still not, you know, that far rear channel speaker isn't going to be hitting you with the same effect that you get in your theater when it's tuned just for you and i'm saying like mine's tuned just for me never mind having anthony gramani himself tune your theater it's like you know that's even he couldn't go into a a big theater and give you if cuz it has to be tuned for the whole room right and it's like right. and that right. that's going to suffer for that one seat wherever you pick it it's going to suffer compared to your theater right our intimate theaters right. and it's right it, it, yeah, that's, and The Covenant is awesome. That's a, that, yeah, that's great movie.
2: We're at a point now where it's going to take one heck of a movie to get us out, to go out, to go to the movies. Like really? Like we wanted to see, yeah, we wanted to go see Oppenheimer um, <sighs> as well as Mission Impossible, but we had some other things going on and yeah. said, so do we want to just wait or do we want to do these other things? And we said, we'll just watch it when it comes on the kaleidoscope, and we'll enjoy it that way. And for us, it's not a sacrifice because we think mm. we get a better experience at home. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get out when there's a new Star Wars movie eventually down the line or, or something else of that yeah. nature, you know, but it'll take a lot yeah. in our case.
1: It's, I use the theaters to, to preview what I'm going to get at home. And it gives you that appreciation for what you have at home too. So like, I saw Oppenheimer three times in, uh, well, two different formats. I did, I did get to see the 70 millimeter IMAX and I took it in twice at my local X plus, which is good. It has Atmos, but it's just a, it's not a IMAX screen. Um, laser projection. It was, it was beautiful and I saw it twice that way. Then saw it in the IMAX 70 millimeter and th- I was like blown away. It, um, I think if I went the other way around and saw it in the IMAX first and then saw the cinema, you know, went to X plus, I would have been like, ooh, that's not as good. Um, but when you get into your theater, I, I love getting that preview, quote preview. And then when it does come to your theater at home, you're, you're just like, Oh wow, this is so much better. Right. And it's, I mean, that that's part. Of it. It's, it's kind of like when I when I've suggested to people get it on streaming and then, you know, when you can get the physical media, you'll see the differences. Right. And you'll appreciate the, the differences. And that's that's what I've always tried to do. I've always that's that's been part of the fun for me is like a being this stuff um, and seeing the difference in the progress. But I think you're going to like Oppenheimer. You're going to like it in your theater. It's it's awesome.
0: I have no I, doubt. Yeah, I, no I doubt. can't
1: wait for that to come to Collider. <laughs> Supposedly next month. I think it's supposed to be dropping in November. Um, okay. Digitally, it's like there was an agreement on that one a uh, hundred days or something with uh, Christopher Nolan. Typically, I think what what is that one through Universal? Is that they have. Is it, I, I forget who the studio was off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I just
2: knew there was a conflict about release dates and theaters between yeah. them and Mission Impossible, but I couldn't remember what studio it was from.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that one. Yeah, the actual theater, but whatever Oppenheimer's with, um, they have an agreement with the theaters and then with the streaming, it automatically 45 days goes to streaming, but, uh, Nolan made them trump their own agreement and said, nope. We're doing, I, I don't want it in theater, out of theaters for a hundred days. So that's, that's why I, there's such a lag on that one. Um But I guess it is coming. Supposedly what I've heard is it's coming at that like hundredth day or 101 day or whatever it is, but it is in November. So okay. looking forward to that. Um All right. Now, how much time do you have? Cause we've been going to 10 and I don't want to.
2: I mean, as much time as you have. Nice. I made sure all I had right. coffee
1: and everything uh, right here to myself. You, you know who you're coming on with. <laughs> I, I understood the assignment. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so you got your room. You've, you've met Anthony. He's calibrated your room. You got your passes. How much fun was it getting to you as a, as a literally as a like honored guest consumer? <laughs>
2: Oh, it was! I was a kid in the candy store. I was, I was telling uh, their friends at this point, my integrators I work with. I said I, I couldn't thank them enough. It was like walking into you know the equivalent of Willy Wonka. Is I have probably for the last four or five years watched every CD of video on YouTube at this point, and uh, and just knew I was gonna you know enjoy it. And it, it surpassed my my uh, my expectations by far. And, you know, just seeing a couple of people I just happened to run into, because I intentionally didn't want to bother anybody, but just happened to run into people like, I know you. Thank you for what you do. And yeah, I'd have done yeah. the same with you if I'd have saw you, because first thing I ran, first I ran into was, uh, Todd from uh, AV Nirvana. Yep. And, uh, and I into, you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for what you do. And then I did the same. I ran into Michael he was doing a demo or a video with d from and J-mar, and he was mm-hmm. in between I just walked up and said one of the tickets ran wave thank you for what you do <laughs> and just walked away
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah it's i mean i when i was i was with michael it was late friday we, the place was almost closed it wasn't it, or it was closed it was after hours and there were only a few people walking around but the people that were there were like just a few stragglers and people coming up to it. and he's he's amazing with them. I learned I mean I was uh like I was surprised. Like it, it was like very um I learned a lot. Like just he's just so nice to everybody. He asked them questions, which I thought was really cool. Um but uh but yeah it's it's funny I I passed by him when he was doing the D box thing. So I'm like we were in the vicinity of each other. There's no doubt about it. But that place yeah. is crazy. It's crazy. My wife never got to meet Todd. That's how crazy Todd is when he's at that thing. So my wife met Brett, met Travis, met Anthony, met Grimani, met, um, Chris Seymour met, I mean that entire booth, my wife met everybody there, right? Um, uh, met Josh over at the Kaleidoscape. We passed My wife meets all these people cause they're all out and about, but Todd is so mobile. He's moving everywhere working like pretty much 24 seven when he's there. And, um, I couldn't find him the day that my, you know, the day my wife was there was Saturday and it was, you know, we didn't run it. We couldn't run into each other cause you're, you're either moving together Clockwise around the room, or you're passing each other, and it's it, it it's pretty hectic there. And uh I was expecting Saturday to be slower, and I think a lot of people were. They all a lot of people were telling me Saturdays are slower, and it was pretty busy that day. Even that day, what
2: day yeah, were you there? I, I was, of course, I was only able to be there one day, so I mm. got in Thursday night, and then we spent all day Friday. Mm. So we saw. We, I didn't just see everything, everything, but I did see all the theater demos, all the, all a bunch of the others and hit a few small areas up. Um, and, and then went outside to see all the coastal source things outside uh, that were demoed from, out across the street from the convention center. In mm-hmm. hindsight, I would have come in on Wednesday in order to do a Thursday, Friday uh, trip. So if I'm fortunate enough to go again, I'll be doing a Thursday and Friday instead of just
1: one full long day, trying to hit everything, yeah, yeah, we um I got in, I flew out Thursday morning, got there Thursday afternoon, I got there at like one thirty their time, and then I ran into Todd at like two thirty, and then I was inside from like which was good, it was actually good for me, never having been myself and uh, from like four o'clock to six o'clock, I just wandered around. I was, yeah, you know, I was still allowed in there after hours. So I got to the lay of the land because it is very, when you walk in that front door, it's like, <laughs> where do you go? The Sony room was right on one side. So you see that, right. uh, control four was right there. I think right, right at the front off, oh.
2: uh, yeah, off and to the left, but it was yeah. relatively close to the
1: front. Yeah. Right. And then, but then it's like, you get lost and I find out afterwards there's an app with a map on it and it'll track you around the room. I'm like, could have use that information? I, that.
2: I didn't I know about that. it. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> know about it.
1: I was like, what the, but it, it, but I, I've been to like comic cons and stuff conventions where you just, you just keep doing a couple laps and you get your bearings and you understand where everything is. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it is, Daunting going in, uh so you first like when you first walked in the door on uh, Friday morning. Where did you go? We
2: first we did a, a roundabout, so we stopped by the Sony area first, and then made a hard right and saw the Marco video wall. The first thing we did was look try to see where was the projector, and then we yeah. realized it was a video wall for the first 15
1: 15-20 seconds.
2: And yeah. it was just. I never away. did.
1: <laughs> I thought it was rear. I thought it was a rear projection because I was just like – I didn't spend a lot of time there. I went by. I looked in. I'm like I, – I I I sat to the – stood to the back because they had that like bar table at the top. I stood there and watched. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like just moved on. I'm like – um, cause it wasn't really a room room either. It was all open area, right. open top. So it was just like, I wasn't really concentrating on that. And then if I find out afterwards, I'm like, Oh, that was a video wall. Holy crap. Cause it looked like, I mean, it was beautiful. And, it was. and that's, and what, and that's something like that you can get with a rear projection because it's shooting the image through the screen now at you. So that's really, you know, and that's what I was just assuming. I'm like, Oh, okay. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Didn't do any reading, clearly. And uh just kept moving along. But um did you wait in that turn off line?
2: I did. I did. Yeah. Is uh it was worth it. It is yeah. uh it's just it's just amazing just to kind of see I mean, I was just like I said it was just amazing that people put this kind of stuff together and uh and it was amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: How was the I I didn't wait. Wait, in the line I got, I got a couple of demos and they were private. Um, how did they like, for the people going through the lines, how was their presentation? What were they talking? Cause when the, the demo, when you do a private, they're kind of speaking to you and not to me. I just happen to be in there, but if it's a special group of people, they're going to speak to you about certain things that I, that's what I noticed. Like in the Gramani room, I was like, I got a few in there and I did go through the line as a normal spectator and God, I, I felt like it was a different type of uh, um, presentation. Um, how was it? How were they? Did they tell you about the walls and the room and the designs and all that?
2: A little bit, but honestly, I was trying to answer items on my phone because I was handling an emergency <laughs> for work. Oh, so no. <laughs> I couldn't even. <use, laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes work never stops, so I, I couldn't speak to it. I apologize about that, but – is, they were talking, but I, I had to handle some items and just got to enjoy just the actual playback of the demo. Itself. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that room was, did you get in that room, but Todd and I got two different demos in that room. Um, did you get the uh, the had Mysterio the demo? Right. Did you see the- but everyone Mysteri- had the Quiet Place. Yep. Yeah, I got, we both got that one, but the Spider-Man Mysterio demo in that room, did you see that one?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So with the overheads and I mean, that, that scene was, I thought it was fantastic, but then did you do the Sony, uh, 7,000 room? I did the 7,000 and the 5,000. And the five, right. And the over they played, when I did the Sony, they did that same Spider-Man scene. And I thought the overheads was like almost as effective. It was very, very close to the, the, the same kind of experience because it was overhead and it was just really, really nice in that room. And that room didn't have all the bells and whistles of the Trinov room. And that's, that experience made me think like people even just getting the, the a Sony receiver and a nice projector. It's like you can, we're, that's what made me say in the live show, like we are so close to these big expensive million dollar rooms. It's just, it's not even funny.
2: Yeah, the, the Sony room with the 5,000, really, the thing I came away from that, and I was telling uh, my integrator, this is an approachable room. This is a room you can take to someone and do it, make it pretty, really streamlined and really get something of an effect that people will really, really enjoy without any, relatively speaking, sticker shock. And yeah. I thought they did a, a good job with it. With the 7,000 room, I thought it was good. The only problem I had was the placement of the speakers were too
1: high. That's why I utilize, that's why I was talking about that scene because the speaker's placement on that particular part of the scene, it doesn't really hurt you because it's overheads. But you're right. Yeah. That, that room, it was detrimental. But it was funny. My my wife didn't get to do the 5,000 room. I took her in the 7,000 and they tell you in that room that this entire room costs $68,000, right? All the equipment and speakers. And my wife's like, "Whoo." I'm like, uh, no, they mean that as a bargain. <laughs> yes. She she hadn't been anywhere else yet in the, in the, on the floor. So I'm like, when you get, and she never did get into the Trinov room, but even the Gramani room, and you're like, yeah, $68,000, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. I thought the 5,000 room, the Sony 5,000 room was a great experience. It just was because they actually played that correctly. It had a lower ceiling. It, they, it, it played nicer. As an, as an overall experience, I just didn't think the potential for it. That's why it didn't make my top five. I thought this, the 7,000 room was actually like, Oh my God. Like this is like so close to what you can get if you maybe just drop those speakers down six feet on the sidewalls. Yeah. Um, so did you now, it, did Anthony know you were coming? Did you, yes. or did you just, and you, did you get to see well, him on that the floor?
2: floor? I did briefly. I talked with Trevor some and, and let him know because he was here the Monday before the show because he was flying yeah. out that next morning oh, that's to right. set yeah. up the room. Um, and so we were able to text and be able to get a little bit to the front of the line, which helped. Um, and oh, then nice. I talked with Anthony for about 10 minutes after he had people pulling him you know, left and right. Uh, but we did have yeah. a chance to speak briefly. Uh, the coolest part of that was I got a chance to talk to the guys that designed and built the Star Wars theater down there in Louisiana, that million dollar one. Oh, nice. So I got a chance. To, yeah. So that was cool talking to the, the owner of the company who built that theater out. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah, that was, that was something not expected, but a great experience talking to, talking to them.
1: Oh, cool. I didn't do that. Um yeah, what'd you think of that? Uh, now you have a Gramani room. What did you think of that one?
2: He asked me that same question right as I came <laughs> out. Is is they both sound amazing to me? I mean, the biggest thing, obviously, because of the room build out, is they didn't have the same room build out level that we did. So we have much lower. We have a much lower noise floor here. Uh, oh yeah. We're measuring with everything off in the room. You walk in and close the door at about twenty one decibels. Uh, in the room, so it's quiet. And so for us, it's, it's a lot uh, lower noise floor. And so in the, in the, the demo room, it sounded just as impactful, just as great, a little bit actually bigger bass impact. Um, and just a little bit louder than, I mean, you played a little bit louder than the one we have here, just mm-hmm. because it's just our listening preference isn't as much, uh, bass forward. I know this one wasn't as bass forward as some other people may have liked. It sounded incredible to us, to me at least. And, uh, and for, for me, it was, it was equally as great and probably closer if I had my own way, how I would want mine tuned just with having the ability to have a lower noise floor here at the house. Yeah. But I have to compromise with my partner. Oh, there you go. Cause he, yeah. could, cause he asked me, he asked me, you know, you know, did how much bass impact we wanted and how, how we wanted it tuned. And so we said as close to reference as possible, uh, here at the house. And so we could have, you know, dialed things up a bit, but I felt at least for now is we keep it, you know, at more closer to a reference level, um, here at the house. I know some other people who were more base forward. If they, you know, came here, they would probably say would like to hear a little little bit more of that. But for us, it fits the bill 100%.
1: Yeah. Uh, my wife, my wife in the Gramani room, She liked that one. She liked the bass better in there than at home because she didn't feel it in the seat. It's like at home when you get a rumble, it's like a boom. It'll rumble the seat. And she's like, I don't like that. And I was like, what are you kidding me? I love it. It's like, I love that vibration coming up. You know, like if you had transducers in your couch, she would hate that. But in the Grimani room, it was a more overall bass that was nice and clean, but you got the punch in the chest. But I don't even know if they, maybe they didn't, they might not have played a scene that had that broom, you know, that rumble that would come up through the floor. Cause there are different vibrations you get with bass.
2: Yeah. No, there are some scenes we play, I can't recall off the top of my head, here at the house where you do feel it. And mm-hmm. I think it's at a good level. And I know it's a good level, at least between the two of us, because she doesn't say, oh, that's too loud. Um, right. Or that's too too much. And the biggest thing I saw just the there at the show and at home is the clarity. Is in our family room, even with everything turned off other than watching the movie, is there sometimes where we don't get good the dialogue clarity and the way he tuned the room, uh, both at the show and at the house is there's never a question about what's being said. The dia- the dialogue and clarity comes through, through very clear. It's, it's, that's the biggest difference I've seen, you know, between watching movies downstairs in our family room and, and watching it in the theater.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's your that's your room treatments, that's your calib- your room calibration, that's everything goes into that, to bringing that clarity. I would say it's the biggest, the biggest flaw if people are having issues with dialogue, it is the room treatments. Because everybody's got nice, you know, we're all, people are upgrading speakers trying to solve the problem. They're doing all these things, but the, the thing that they need to do is that, it's that room treatments part. Um, and yeah, it it's in their room, in that room, it, it was it. What I liked is no matter where I sat, I did that one a few times, no matter where I sat, you could feel like the sound moving across the front screen. And when I say the sound, like even the dialogue, like it was just more appropriately placed. Like if, as the scenes were playing out, if a character was like half, you know, not all the way to one side of the screen or something, but I did notice that the dialogue moved very nicely that way um, with his systems it's, I think that's part of that dispersion. It's also part of our mental makeup going. This is so good. It, it looks like it's coming right from his lips, the person's lips, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, what did you think of the image at, and at Cedia at Sound Room 10? I thought it was, it was
2: much brighter than the one I have at home, but obviously they were using the barcode. And that's where the, the projection envy kind of kicked in a little bit of <laughs> saying, I wish I had this level of brightness, um, out of our screen. There are some, some, you know, the, the question is, is, is the price for, you know, the comparison of how much you spend versus how much you get Right. Uh, in terms of getting, you know, how I many nits or how many lumens you get and how much you're paying for it. So, I mean, obviously comparison wise, I liked how that picture looks. You know, I saw from the barco at the show compared to ours, but I'm not prepared to spend that kind of money to get that difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. I I thought it was a little like punched up, like a little bit like bright, like s- oversaturation. Was, yeah,
2: the train scene was really punchy. Um, I'm not sure what it would look like on mine in order to do an A and B comparison mm. from that standpoint, but I, I definitely see what you mean.
1: Yeah. And it's like, cause some of those scenes, like the Maverick Top Gun scenes and their, like, especially, um, what they did the 215 scene. And when you, when I saw their faces in, you know, that everybody that was in the classroom in that scene and the shots, their faces seemed brighter. Like the, the color on it seemed like oversaturated compared to what I'm used to and i was wondering if it was like i was talking to uh travis about it and i'm like i'm wondering if they're like they're punching it up for effect like this is you know in that i mean maybe that's the way it was supposed to be i don't know and i i just liked it dialed back a little bit more cuz i can do that here but i just feel like to do that it's like oversaturation you know what i mean but it yes for for that size screen that's what's amazing is that was what 186 inches, something like that yeah and to mm-hmm. get that brightness, that level in that size screen is is really amazing. And that might be why they're doing it. I mean, you're showing this thing off, and it's like, holy crap. Because usually at that size screen, you'd be like, ah, oh, right, we're going to sacrifice a little bit of brightness here. Not with that barco.
2: <laughs> and we're only having 30 hours to build a full room out, you know, being yeah. able to discernibly come to an agreement on that piece of it. I'm sure they – may have had some discussion about what's the objective, what we're trying to achieve there versus,
1: you know, showcasing items too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's where it comes to tune to taste. Like you said, like you were saying about your sound and your, and what kind of bass response you're looking for. He'll tune it right to, you know, to the decibel of what you're looking for and what you like in your room. And, and that, that to me is what, you know, that's what's so much fun about this. It's like we're taking their, you know, taking these things and we're, you know, this is how I like to experience it. And, and with your room, it's, oof, I mean, to be able to tune that to taste and have him do it for you, have Anthony do that is, is amazing. Um, let's go for, go through your rack for a sec. Uh, cause we, we know okay. you got your storm audio processor. Um, you got the Kaleidoscape, uh, what do you got for amplifiers, amplification?
2: So the, there's similar to the amps they had at the show. They were mezzo amps.
1: Okay. Um,
2: so, so they're a package deal with his speaker. So when you buy a speaker, it comes married with a mezzo amp, uh, amplifier when you buy from, from Grimani. So mm-hmm. he spec'd out the mezzo amps, uh, dedicated to, to each channel. And then uh, M- Mezzo Quattronelli for the subs, Um the Rixos subs that he sells. So all those were just package deals and, and built for that piece of it. Mostly comes from a pro audio, what he described to me, and what I've actually seen in a bunch of restaurants that I've noticed. You know, after the fact, going to a few restaurants like Yard House, they have those same amps picked out. Which is oh, wow. kind of funny that I've never never
1: <laughs> noticed them before, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You start seeing them everywhere. Like wow, these, I didn't even know these existed. Now <laughs> look at them. Um, exactly. What do you, so? How many subs do you have? Like you said, you four, four subs. And how did he place yeah. them?
2: Uh, two in the front, bottom. Uh, in a, in a, in the front of this of it, underneath the projector, kind of stretch fabric there right at the bottom. On the towards the floor, but they're mounted so they're a couple of inches off the ground, and then in the back, they're towards the top, a couple of inches from the ceiling uh, in the back.
1: Oh, so you have he has them like across from each other, but diagonally, like yes. Wow, okay, nice. Wow, all right. How, um, how big are these? How big are they? I knew
2: you were
1: about to ask that, but I don't have the answer <laughs> to it right now. <laughs> You've had every you single answer. Most of you, I'm like, I know I couldn't. Somebody be like, I don't, I, don't, I got SVS, SP. SV, I wouldn't know what size they are. I just know what model. If but. he
2: ever listens back to this, he'll probably give me a hard time. But, um, there are Rixos S speakers. I can't, subs, I should say. I can't remember the the size of the driver on it. If I was going to guess, it was, it's a, I believe it's an eight inch driver, but, I would have to go look up the specs to quote you on that piece of it. They're not that big, but they, yeah. they pack a punch. Yeah. It's, nice. Is, uh, yeah, they didn't, the size of them in one of these things where they're going to blow you out of water. People look at them from a visual standpoint, but the output you get is we're not even hardly driving in terms of no capacity of what they can be pushed to. So they sound amazing.
1: Nice. Um, all right, so do you have any other, uh, besides the Kaleidoscape, do you have a Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray player or anything?
2: No, just, just the Kaleidoscape, um, Compact, Terra, and Estrado-C, and then Apple TVs.
1: Okay, Apple TVs? Are you running two yeah. as well? I just added Four. my second one. Four, in that room? Yeah, so we wanted to do multi-view,
2: so that way the... the um, Video processing mm-hmm. we have will support multi-view, so that way I can do four screens on the projector, four video sources at once um, on the projector. Nice. So, so that way when we watch F one and I want to watch football games or something else, I can input from from those four Apple TVs different different uh,
1: channels or different playbacks. Well, what do you put on for sound music? Well <laughs> oh, you no, no I just pick one of those sources. I just picked one of those, source. had I one of those sources.
2: <laughs> I no, <don't>. no yeah. <laughs> no, just just whatever whichever one I want to get a playback on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I used to be able to do that with Dish and uh Apple T V can do it with FUBO right now. I can do four sources from the app from FUBO, right? But not not like what you you can do. Netflix on one, you can do, you know, where you have four sources. What processor are you using for that?
2: It's a, uh, it's called, AV Pro has a product, MX Net, mm-hmm. and they have a, a 10G product, and a 10G product supports multi-view. So that allows me to be able to pick those sources um, independently. Of and when you're, to put can
1: them. you... Do you dial it in ahead of time? Can you change the scope of each screen, like size of each screen? How does that work? Is it dynamic or is it static? Like i already said,
2: when Ryan, when Ryan with the San Maviar worked with us remotely to help us set up, I just wanted everything at constant. So we're okay. using the two four zero for everything. We aren't uh, changing the aspect ratio per source because I was I just prefer it that way.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't so, know if, like well. So when you do. Like, can you do two screens and you just basically split your big screen in half to two different screens, right? Probably something like that. I can
2: do that. I can do three. So I can do one big one and three along the vertical, and I can do one big and then three across the horizontal uh, as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was meaning by, like, different size. Like, did you just quad box it or can you do different, you know, formations? I can do different. That's cool.
2: Now, mostly on Sundays when I watch football through YouTube TV, I just use their multi-view. But when mm-hmm. I wanted to watch, like the other day, I was watching F1, so I ended up using the multi-viewer with a 3 and one instead of using a, a three big, one, you know, one big, three small instead of the quad view.
1: Yeah, I might have to look into something, because like, I used to do red zone and, like, two football games and maybe something else, right? So then I have fall four boxes going. I have Red Zone Audio, and then I'd have two, you know, two of the other games from, like, CBS or Fox or whatever else was going so you could have that. But now uh, Red Zone's off on its own now. It's on NFL Network. So I'd need to utilize something like that to even be able to do that in my room. Um, small problems. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> these um, are all things
2: I researched too, and, and yeah. gave it to the integrator and said, "Go spec it and quote it for me," because um, I'll save up and get it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, what is your now? Like you, we, you mentioned it earlier, um, you're already talking or thinking of talking to Anthony about the whole the new, you know, network system. Is that what you You think your next upgrade is going to be or? No, we're going to take some soap time to enjoy what we have now.
2: If we do anything, it'll be video calibration mm-hmm. um, for that room. Is uh, The only other thing would be programming some more lighting scenes. So I've done some lighting scenes that are tied in with the Kaleidoscape myself with some help from uh, another YouTuber to help me out with that. Um, and then just doing more of that piece of it right now and just enjoy the system. Um, I don't see any upgrades. You know, in the in the near term,
1: right now, I'm just we're going to enjoy what we have. Well, you yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you needed any, but like you said, it's a, what you had mentioned it earlier, it was like that network system, like literally just came out, or wasn't it? It's yeah, I don't even know if it is out for consumer purposes yet. The it, one it, he it's out. It came in, is it?
2: Oh, oh, you mean that one? Yeah, they just released it. Yeah. But I mean, for for us, I mean, if I was going to do that, I would use it for, you know, to be p- to put into our fam- for our family room. I wouldn't redo our, uh, I wouldn't redo oh, wow. the stuff that we have in the theater. But that's you know, that's dependent on what we decide to do in the future. It's kind of up okay. in the air right now.
1: I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> what so like you said, your 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 content. You're doing a once a Twice a week for full movies, but like you said, every other. Do you jump around like I do with scenes? Like you said, every you try to get in every couple days and take in scenes and stuff.
2: Yes. So, like, like for example, you all just did Unhinged, and we had only watched it downstairs in the family room. We are absolutely that's on our list. (laughs) Go watch it upstairs to be able to see what the difference is like, because that's one of our guilty pleasure movies right there.
1: Oh, I that's it's funny you say that. It's like one of my new pet peeves is that guilty pleasure thing. And it's like we got to stop saying that. We have the right to like this stuff <laughs> and yeah. not feel guilty. Let's just say just own it. Be like, I love it. Oh, we all are we um, all. We, yeah. we showed it to a bunch of people. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I don't
1: know what you mean. To know. <laughs> but then we say it all the time. It's like it's a guilty pleasure. I'm like, ah, um but yeah, so yeah, wait till you see that opening scene that I was talking about in Unhinged with the windshield wipers going and you'd be like, No windshield wipers should have that much bass in them. <laughs> like, but it's awesome. It's awesome. And and like talking to Carl about it, you're like, Oh wow. You like he he loved it too, you know? And it's I mean, it's yeah, you're gonna like that scene. You're gonna like that movie. And it's um, been almost in, in eighteen
2: months since we saw that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's and, and what's the oldest movie that you've experienced in there since you've had it done? Like, meaning, like, besides, like, Empire Strikes Back, but, like, an older movie that you hadn't experienced in years, and you were just like, whoa, I'd never experienced it like this. It wasn't
2: even an action movie. It was a, it was a romantic comedy that, that she wanted to watch. It was Something's Gotta Give. And uh it was just... It was just watching the movie, and it was much more engaging, and the clarity was was really there. Uh, We haven't watched a ton of older content, but that would be the only one other than the Star Wars trilogies at this point, with Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it is the clarity. We haven't. My wife and I meant to over the summer to do. um, uh, Can't Buy Me Love, that comedy from nineteen eighty eight and to be like uh like we just didn't get to take it in but again it's it's on blu-ray you know or blue blue blu-ray, blu-ray quality and when you do when you see it on a big screen like that and, you, and with these systems you are know, like it didn't look like this in the 88 not in those crappy theaters yeah. <laughs> it's uh um and what who did you you've got people coming in in a few weeks but any other guests or anything like that that have been blown away, or has it just been you and you and your partner?
2: Just, just she and I at this point. Other than her family came to town. there yeah. uh, her one of her uh, sons and his family came into town, and then uh, her daughter with her family came into town. So they got the chance to enjoy it. Now her other son, she has three three children, and then their grandkids. So the third one's coming in during Thanksgiving, and they know nothing. They've seen nothing. Oh. They're gonna they're gonna come in, and their kids love movies. So uh, yeah. So we're we're just we're not telling them anything. So when they get here, we'll show them it and then you know dealer's choice. You pick what you want, lay back and enjoy.
1: It's yeah. It's that really is. I don't want to say it's part of the fun. It is the fun. I mean, one we do love sitting in these theaters by ourselves and watching movies, but. It is, it, it is a rare treat. Actually, it's the rare treat of your theater to get to see somebody else experience, you know, what you've, in, what you envisioned, what you built, you know, whether you built it or had somebody built, but it, it was your idea to put this into your house. And it's, it's just, it, it it's something that a lot of people don't understand, right? Like how we feel right. when you see that. And it's like, I don't even have to sit down. I just stand and watch right? And you're just like fly on the wall while you're watching somebody watch something in your theater.
2: Yeah. And we like to have them out a few times a year. And so this makes another level of enjoyment without the logistics of trying to get to a movie at a specific time with younger kids with nap times or mm-hmm. other things that they want to try to do. So this makes the schedule of what they want to do a lot more conducive because you know, we're in a tourist town and they want to go see items. So there's no compromise of, well I want to go see this movie but I like to watch that movie but we want to go see this there's no you can just watch it whenever you want to and we'll get everything ready and enjoy it and go out there on the strip and do whatever
1: you do yeah yeah so do you um do you have any other extras like like popcorn makers or what i mean i Travis will kill me if I don't ask like what's your favorite <laughs> mints when you're in there like what kind of treats do you have but do you have anything like that?
2: Nothing special. Just a, a beverage center and a microwave is all we had. Nothing nothing extravagant or ki-
1: or unique from that perspective. Beverage center. I like that. Um, oh. What's your favorite treat? Oh, me,
2: Kit Kat. Oh, I love now, Kit now, do you Kats get the little Kit Kat
1: bites or do you just, do you buy a whole Kit Kat and break them off?
2: A whole one and break them off. Break nice. me off a
1: piece. <laughs> hey, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Um, that's awesome. That's it. But tra- uh, yeah, Travis loves that. The popcorn, talking popcorn, and popcorn makers, and uh, ht yeah, uh, the HT guys have been talking popcorn makers lately, and it's got me starting to think about like, what am I gonna am I gonna get a fancy one or am I just microwave bagging it?
2: <laughs> yeah, know. we're doing microwave bagging or the equivalent right now. We may. We may step that up a little bit for that
1: right now. Jeez. It's, so, is it everything that you dreamed of? Is there, I mean, like, it did. It sounds to me, I don't want to lead the witness here, put it in Steve's terms. Sounds to me like it exceeded your expectations, the entire experience and then the room itself.
2: It absolutely did. Wow, well, question. And you know the biggest thing to me is was the level of, of organization and support, and the end result. You know, I knew it was going to be good, uh, but the whole process and working with everyone on it from the electrician, I have the you know, carpenters, uh, the integrator, Anthony's team, uh, the whole the HVAC group, the whole nine. His that process they have, with how they work with you to do the design and build to your expectations was was something that I visualized in my head, saw it in my head, saw it on paper, but to actually experience it goes way, well, well, well beyond that. So I couldn't be, I couldn't be more pleased
1: whatsoever. Yeah. And, and for somebody like yourself, it's, you have experience with this. So that can go in two different directions right? Like you, you knew what to expect as far as like being a contractor, working with people like this. So you kind of know what to expect, but at the same time, it's like that old, like, you know, doctors are the worst patients because you could also be like, what the hell? These people aren't acting like they should act, right? So that can, that can go south fast when you have that kind of knowledge and for them to impress you is great. But I also have to say that's, you probably get a lot of credit for that, too, for being able to under, – you understand their side of it. Uh, in your description here, you weren't – like you you said multiple times you weren't rushing. So you weren't rushing them. You weren't putting pressure on them. You said to Anthony, like, take your time if it takes a couple of years, whatever, right? And that – from their side, that's a huge benefit to them, too. So, I mean, you deserve a lot of that credit, too, just to be that patient and enjoy the ride type guy.
2: I didn't realize that until Anthony called me one day um, before CDOs were getting towards the completion of this and meant and said that almost what you said is, mm-hmm. you know, I, the people I work with in my day to day job, give them the space they need to get their work done mm-hmm. and let them work and give them the freedom to get things done to an expectation level, but also at the time it takes to do so. And, you know, I was fortunate to work, the contractors I work with, the electrician I've worked with for 10 years on different projects at the house, the integrator for almost five. And, and especially car and contractors since day one of doing different remodels in the house. So our ability to communicate, set expectations, lay out projects is something that I'm comfortable with with them uh, that made the biggest difference. And then already knowing what. The level of detail that, that his team at PMI and the Gramati systems with working with Manny, um, Mario, who's his designer and, and engineer and an Anthony, I already knew they were professionals. They know what they're doing. So if they say it's going to take this long, then guess how long it's going to take and, and, uh, let them do what they do. We were not rushing them to get that piece of it, uh, in place. You know, like the only the only challenge point was the seats. We did have to put a little pressure on the on the manufacturer for that because they exceeded their timeline, but the product came out the way we expected. Though,
1: yeah, and I mean, and that's that's what I mean. It's like allowing them to do what. I don't think I know. I I I work in a business that I do. I have dealt with higher end people, and people pay money, and the higher the price tag. There's a certain, let's be honest, like Gramani Systems is a higher price tag. It's, there's expectations there. And people, when they pay that kind of money, the way sometimes, and that's probably why Anthony said what he said, is like they don't get treated that well sometimes because there's, like, there's demands and expectations that comes with that kind of a charge. Right, and it's and it's very difficult on their side of it. It's it really is, and for you to treat them that way, it's got to be a breath of fresh air for him. Well, that's what surprised me. I just knew
2: they knew what they do. They do high end work. The guys here do high end work and and just do it on you on the timeline. And they knew what the deadline goal was. It didn't need to be reiterated. So they know how to handle it. And I was sending out daily and weekly summary reports to everybody too. So at the end of every day, I'd summarize the action items and then send it to all of them. He's in California. His partner is in Tennessee um, and whatnot. So they appreciated that piece of it because I was essentially the boots on the ground to help level set everybody to know where things stood. So I think that helped it. You know, the project from my perspective went smoothly uh, from from those vantage points. And so uh, I was surprised to hear from him that they get that kind of... Um, B rating or, or brow beating expectation put on them on other projects. I just, that's not something I'm familiar with or aware of when it comes to
1: that. No. And that's because that's who you are. Right. And I mean, to give you an example, I won't use names. I was talking with somebody just yesterday about a project, uh, expensive, highly expensive project. Um, and they're the quote expert. The person paying is the one with paying all the money. And, and, it's not necessarily berating, but when you hire somebody, let's put it back to your perspective, your, your project, you hire Anthony for a task. Well, the, 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 it would be like you. This is what I was talking about yesterday. Somebody was saying. It'd be like you asking Anthony every five seconds, like, wh- now why are you doing that? What are you doing here? What's, what are we doing next? And uh, calling him up every day or like when these speakers are going on the wall, when and when are we going to do this? And when are we gonna, like what, and why are we doing that? And all these little que- like what did you hire him for? Right. And that when people pay the money, they think they, they deserve like to be able to have that, like to be able to basically treat people a certain way and it's it's very very frustrating that makes them want to walk away <laughs> They'd be like, it's not worth it <laughs> it's it's tough it's tough and it's you know it and then i mean i mean good for you good for you and that i'm glad i'm it's and i'm not glad i'm not surprised anthony said something because it is a it is sadly a rarity for, for people like that when you're, when you're getting, but that they have to charge the money that they charge because it is a specialty and they do a great job and they're, they are in demand, but you know, so awesome. Um. Anything else? Is this is Takeover Tuesday and I just, anything else you want to talk about? I'm, I'm done with the, with the, the room. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm like, I mean, you mentioned a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago, like, you know, Vegas is a tourist attraction. I'm like, you are a tourist attraction. Cause I'm like, <laughs> when am I going to Vegas? <laughs> I've never been, but, <laughs> hey, if you do happen to come on, you're welcome to come through by all means. Thank you. It's like, I would, <laughs> I, oh my God. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wish I wish we'd run into each other at Cedia. That would have been awesome. Um but yeah, that's it, uh, so awesome. Thank you for reaching out and and saying like it's like, hey, guess what? <laughs> it was like right after Cedia, right? You're like, I got a Gramani room. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And then you come on and tell me you've been listening for a year. <laughs> I'm like, Where you been all my life, buddy? <laughs> I'm like, like you are, I just
2: do a stealth mode, just do it laid back yep. and just listen and, you know, and, you know, just, just like I enjoy the hobby and enjoy yep. doing the research. I enjoy, I, I read CE Pro every morning. It's not even remotely mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse of what I do. I'm on the Clyde Scape form every day. I'm on, uh, really? the residential forms every day and then research items, you know, for my uh, say, Hey, you should maybe check this out or should maybe demo this piece out and for me it's just a level of enjoyment to to do that piece of it um from you know my vantage point as a consumer and a uh, and basically someone who really enjoys the hobby um, yeah, so, that, enthusiast. so enthusiast yeah yeah a non uh, YouTube enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> so I love supporting, you know, people like yourself and, and everybody else. And this one I felt strongly enough about because, you know, even though this is a little bit of a higher price point in terms of the Gramani system, the experience, I just think they their story should be told more and more and more to get that word out from that piece of it. Because uh, this is kind of the, one of those projects that's in between where you can have, play a role in building it the way you want, get it the way you want. And have potentially as hands on as you want, but short of, but you have that professional hand with Grimani Guiding to, you. That, that they provide to guide you along the way. Cause like I said, is my integrator and uh, my contractors have never built a theater to this, you know, to, this is their worst, to this scale, which I was, I would say in Grimani's where this would be like your average project. I would, I would guess he would have to say that, but looking at what he's done before, this would be a an average project for them and for us. It was, you know, orders of magnitude above that, and so having their guidance in that piece of it, I don't can't go understated uh, or said enough of how well that process that they have works for for someone like myself. Nice.
1: And, uh, let me just, for anybody out there, it's at the end. I don't even need to say it, but I know there are people that are like, ah, this is ridiculous. Nobody can afford that. Hmm. <laughs> but we're at the end of the show. And if you're thinking that you wouldn't have listened this far. So, but there are those people that, you know, they talk about different. You know the higher it's the jealousy thing instead of the oh I w- hopefully I can get that someday or or get something close to it and that's why you're right they do we do need to hear more about this stuff Um so that we can get because I think like him Chris Seymour Jim Peterson at Lumogen and these people that are they're pioneers are not even pioneer but they're inventors they're pushing the pushing things even like you know i was talking on twitter the other day mad vr and doing their motion smoothing thing that i'm personally don't like but i do like when people push stuff like that and they try to develop things that you know maybe it's not perfect right now but someday it could be good for something else and and like look at what anthony's doing with networking and stuff like that it's i mean yeah we you need to talk about these things and and you know they're the innovators, so it, it'll eventually trickle down to to everybody someday, right?
2: Yeah, and, and for me, these items for me are aspirational, and so mm-hmm. some people have other material items that they aspire to, whether it be watches or cars or whatever it may be that fits their mm-hmm. fancy. This is mine, yeah. And so, um, as I, I could care less about those other items, this was an aspirational item, and and for me, it was a process and, you know, time saving up for it and being rewarded with something that, that we wanted that exceeded our expectations and have zero regrets.
1: That's, yeah, awesome, awesome. Congratulations, Greg. Um, and then, and, and again, thank you very much for reaching out. This has been, I mean, fascinating to me, three hours we've been going almost here. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, it's, I, I wanna go into your theater. I wanna see that door. I want to feel it like that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'll send you the link to
1: the photos.
2: You'll see the before and after. I'll send those to you okay. so that way you can take a look at what the room looked like before and, and during and now. And that door was whew, that door was something else. Uh,
1: that's uh, that's awesome. All right, um, yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to touch on?
2: No, I don't think so. Just looking forward to what you all have all have coming next. I'm listening every week, podcasting and live. Otherwise,
1: yeah, you popped in in the live show right after. I think that was the first time you said anything on the live show right when you're like that's me yes <laughs> cuz yeah. I, I was like oh it's greg <laughs> cuz your name comes up you came up as greg my son in law is greg and i had to look and i was like greg no cuz he's greg the awesome ninja <laughs> i think on twitter or not nah, youtube <laughs> and i'm like i'm like that's oh no that's greg that's who i spoke to you before and i was like oh okay cool um but yeah it, it that is interesting cuz they do say they i say they um when i first started they are like, You'd be lucky if one, 2% of your audience will correspond with you. You know, that's usually cause most people just listen and they just go about their day and they don't say anything. And that's great. Um, I think I am, I think this home theater, I think is higher. I think it's probably five to 10, right? Cause they normally like, if you have, if you have 10 people talking to you, you probably have a hundred listeners if you have, you know, and so forth. So, or that's 10%, I'm sorry. So you probably have like a thousand listeners if you have 10 people talking to you. That's how they, they ballpark it. But the amount of people that since day one, that people started talking once, I think it's a very passionate, we are a very passionate group, um, but it's still like 10%. So, and like you, I mean, you listen all the time and you're, you know, just meeting you now. So thank you very much for reaching out. So yeah, I appreciate
2: it. my pleasure. Yeah, I listen to it like a podcast. I want to hear mm-hmm. you guys opinions and just listen, you know, and that's what we, that's what I, how I enjoy to interact. Do you have a yell if at? If there's us? more interaction needed, I'd be glad to do it. No, I don't really yell at. You. No, my son yells Most at me. <laughs> no, there's other movies that I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen the fifth element in a while. That's going back on the list yeah. on here, so That goes on the list. That's yeah. what I grab it for when you all do that piece of it. And so I usually grab it for just listening to you, what you all think, but also what items either we don't have that I, oh I wanted to check that out anyway, and other items that it says oh yeah we haven't seen that in a while, let's go back and check that out.
1: Yeah, cool because that's that's what I started out to do, set out to do, kind of did it by myself. Then when as it evolved and we kind of got away from that, it still was there. But I love I, I love what we're doing now with Steve and John, and it's just like it's basically experiences for two hours and then, you know, yeah. then the next show.
2: It's like our version, it's like a more down-to-earth version of at the Movies is the way I think of it. doing when Ebert and Roper used to do it way back. Yeah, a nerdy day. version. <laughs> yeah, this is more right? engaging for me, from that perspective, yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh But yeah, thanks. Anytime you want to come back, anytime, I'm I'm hoping to have Anthony on soon. I don't know if I'll have him on before the 24-hour podcast um but i think he's definitely going to be in on that um but i'm going to be sitting down with him too so but yeah whenever you want to come back any listeners want to come on um was it was it hard greg are you were you nervous about it at all
2: i was a little bit wrestling about you know doing a video podcast it was a turn of that but audio wise i'll talk your head off and we Damn. were sitting next to each other i'd talk your head well you probably can beat me but i i give
1: you a run for your money. <laughs> <laughs> you want to compete? Um, no, yeah, no. And that's why I do, people have asked me, that's why I do audio only for the takeover Tuesdays just to keep it. Cause some people don't want video. Some people share video. Some people don't even share the video with me, right? They'll just be a blank screen and we'll chat, which is a little bit different because it's like, I'm so used to talking to people this way now. Um, But just to keep it fair, you know, and keep it level for everybody. Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming on. Anybody else that wants to come on? I've been having a lot of, since CD, I've been, you know, I had Michael on and then I had Giles. And, and it's like, but I love getting to the listeners and getting to people. Get, you know, we have normal conversations. And, and, yes, we all loved Star Wars. And I love hearing that. I know you called it, oh, I know, cliche, everybody. I love hearing that <laughs> because it's the, it, it it's amazing. And the other, the other commonality is for some reason, it's a, it's a, like a father or a parent that it, it's, it's I th- in, cause I know it is for me, but it, like you mentioned it too, it's like your father did this and your father. And it's like, the, and there's that, that tie to that, to that loved one that you're like just trying to recreate being a child again. Right. And it's like, I mean, we're going about it in a very expensive way, but, you know, it's, but we've been working at it for so long and meaning even if it's just in our heads. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that have a sound bar, and they're listening and they're like, but you will be there someday. You know, if you just keep plugging away at it. Right. And you just, and plugging away is like you were saying you went around to houses and you were looking at things or thinking in your head, but this it's, it's like 24 seven for us.
2: Yeah, it was delayed. It was just being patient, having a goal and having the ability to have delayed gratification. Um, and so, so for that was, you know, we didn't want to go into, you know, you know, selling a left kidney in order to get it. It was do it at our pace and, and enjoy the the process that I enjoyed the process almost as much as I enjoy the experience. The experience now has exceeded the process, but the process was, was quite smooth and, and seamless for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is. And I am, I'm enjoying my process right now. I've enjoyed my process in the path. Um, and it is, I want you to tell us what you're
2: doing. So I want you just, just tell us what's
1: going on here. What are you doing right now? I have a meeting this week. I should have all my permits. If I don't have all my permits by the end of the week, I will, I will at least know, When I have my permits and then the, as soon as I get that, it's the foundation is going in and that I think that's where everything is going to really pick up for, for this podcast. Because once I have a foundation, that's my, that's my theater. That's where it is. Right. So now I'll have that space Mm -hmm. to stand in. And then I was talking with my brother in law yesterday. We we're talking about capping it, which is putting the first floor on, just the floor, no walls. So it's basically a foundation with a wooden roof, which is your first floor. Once we do that, because um, a lot of like what you're doing, what you did with yours, is I'm working with my son, my son in law, my my brother in law. Uh, he's a framer, and I'm working with him and his crew when they can get time to be there. So I'm like, let's get it capped, and then I can work on the basement. Because I can frame the basement out. I can, you know, well, we got to pour the floor and stuff. But once that's done, I can do that all, I can do that by myself. So once we get that, the theater is going to start trucking along. And then it'll be, and it and because of the codes here, I actually have to finish my basement. Finish it, right? So for specs-wise, it doesn't mean paint and it doesn't mean, like, equipment mounted and stuff but the the basement has to be pretty much done for me to get occupancy. So, um, okay. I'm very excited for that as and it's funny my brother-in-law said yesterday he's like you don't have to finish the basement, you could leave it unfinished and then once you get occupancy now you finish it, but it's not permitted. It's not and it, and if I go to permit it next year when we're done with the house, anytime after January, the codes are changing, and I would have to redo my whole house. Oh my goodness! So, like, in oh the man, codes, missed- right? Huh?
2: Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. So, the codes right now for like efficiency and you know the um, it's called a hers rating. Um, you have to head a score of fifty two. Right, so for instance, to give you an idea, it's kind of like a golf score. The lower the better. And if you put, say, you put an oil furnace, oil burning furnace, in, you have to, you have to add solar panels to your roof because the solar panels will offset the score. Being so, the oil raises your score, and solar panels lower it. So the only way you can do an oil burning furnace would be to get solar panels to get the score you need. Right now, you need a score of fifty-two. In January, you're going to need it. Well, if your permits and stuff are in January, if you get them after January, you need a 42. It's going down 10. So that's going to be your windows, your window ratings. It's your insulation ratings, all of this stuff. So if I wait to do my basement and permit it, which I want to do, I'd have to redo a lot of stuff in the house to bring that score back down. And I'm like, are you
2: trekking, you think towards a timeline to, to get this accomplished?
1: I just have to, I'm, I'm, I'm accomplished. I just have to get my, obviously if I have my permits and stuff by January, I'm good. So that's fine. Um, my timeline, okay. my, my rough timeline right now is weather tight by late January, early February, but a roof will be on it. I'll have a structure by probably sometime in January. Um, and then by the time I'm in, I'm thinking April. And maybe May something like that depends on how bad a winter we have and how much work I can get done um, but it's you know I, I think there'll be a lot more to talk about here and I'll be doing I'll be doing shorts and stuff short videos from inside the the I mean the day after they form the foundation because it's a walk out in the back so I can just wa- even when it's formed I can just walk right in because the the it's there you know it's open in the back so i'll just be like this is the theater and it's like kind of <laughs> like when i did the video of me sitting on that log i literally will know almost to like within a foot of where my seat's going to be and you'll okay. have you'll have basically you'll have the two walls you'll have one you know an idea and then uh, and then once the 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 first floor is on the, the beam will be in the columns that'll, and now you'll, you know what I mean? So, it, I mean, literally within weeks, it'll be like, oh, now we have this form. Now we have this form. And then I got to, I got to pour the the floor. And once that's done, now I can start forming the actual theater walls. I can start, I can't insulate it and stuff, but I can frame all this stuff out. you talking, you know, and then I'm doing the, I'm doing everything in the basement. Upstairs, I'm doing, I have contractors for, um, Uh drywall, electrical, plumbing, they're doing the electrical and plumbing is getting in HVAC is doing the basement as well. But like drywall, I'm doing in the basement. I'm doing everything else in the basement myself just to save money. Okay. So
2: Dimensionally, do you do you know what your estimated dimensions will be for the room?
1: Almost like yours. Almost like yours. Fourteen wide. Fourteen wide. But see, I'm I'm going fourteen wide, but now I might actually be able to go a little wider or something like that because I like, um, I had, I've got 17 feet to work with in between from foundation to beam, but I don't want to touch those. So you're going to take a quarter inch off of that because you don't want to touch those. And then depending on what the, um, what the HVAC guy says, what the plumber says, I know the plumber has to go down the wall, how far off, but I'm thinking I probably have say 16 feet of an outside wall. That's what I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do. And that'll leave me a little space. This is for width now. That'll leave me mm-hmm. some space down the foundation wall to put plumbing in HVAC, whatever, and not affect the ceiling height or anything. So if I can go 16 and judging by what you were saying, I, cause I'm doing, I'm designing the same idea of the, uh, fabric walls and everything's stealth. I was thinking a foot within coming a foot in on that on each side. So now that gets me to my 14. So that, that's what I was thinking. And then after having the demo with the, you know, literally drywall hat channels right to the joices and having that come, I I can go the full nine feet. So I'm like, I'm really excited about that. So I'll have the nine foot ceilings. Um, I think that's the only place my over, the only place that won't be stealth will probably be the ceiling. Uh, Okay. How did you do that? How how did your speakers go in the are they do you have that behind fabric as well? Yes,
2: yes. So we did basically mirror the image. We just put the two levels of insulation up into the stud bays and then did the hat channel and then um, the MLV the the frame, excuse me, the plywood, the MLV and the uh, and the drywall and then the speaker sit right there attached to the uh Attached to that frame, to that framing there. So it's, yeah, so it fits well. I'm I'm not that tall. I'm five foot eight. Um, so if you were six foot four, this would be a challenge if you want to sit in the back row uh, of our area. But, um, since I'm shorter, this worked out well. It's no obstructions or anything like that. In hindsight, I probably would put four seats in the front because there's a little bit of a space to the, to the far end of the front row that, if I'd have made the riser width a little bit narrower but still comfortable, we potentially could have fit a four seat in um not something I'll change, but that yeah. would be the only thing I would say with that with that width, depending upon the width of the armrest, we could have shortened that up and still comfortably got it. but we put highway tray tables into the armrest so that that that's where we ended up having to compromise to go from four four seats to three seats
1: in the front, yeah.
2: In the front.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's one of how do you like, so you have four in your primary seating position, right? For a row of four. Are you centered on your screen?
2: I am almost, well, she sits to the left of me and I sit on the end, whether it's, well, alternate spots between the, the two love seats in the back. Um, and she'll usually sit to the inside of me. So she's more centered than I am because I don't mm-hmm. mind it. And, because that's, and so for me, I don't you know feel any drop-off in experience or anything like that. I enjoy it just as fine being on the end versus being in the very center seat myself. And that when is we have like first
1: – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and then when we have our family over, when we have the the event, you know, the friends coming over in a couple of weeks, we'll sit in the front row. We'll get just as much enjoyment out of it, but we want them to have the prime seating because we're here. So.
1: Right, yeah, and it, that's one of the things that I, I enjoyed in, in experiencing at Cedia. It was like and especially at in Gramani's Sound Room 10 there, is that you – I am so – uh, I've been so uh, regimented on sitting in the middle in my theater, and I've done this for 20 years, that that's what I was thinking. So even up until probably this summer, up until Cedia, I was like, if I do four seats, I wanted to design it so that I could slide my seat. I could slide that four and keep that center seat when I'm the only one there, right? But what I wasn't taking into account was the larger screen size, and the larger environment, in that it doesn't matter if you're slightly off center when your screen's you know that wide and that big yeah. because you're still in the center, and it's like you got an armrest is the center part. So I I, I didn't understand that. And then in like in your room, I don't think my room will be as um, accurately or as as good sonically. Where what I noticed in the Gramani room. Is that you could sit like right up against on the aisle, like you said, and you got speakers only three feet away from you, the aisle, the width of the aisle. And it, it's not overpowering being over there. It's still like the center channel still sounded like it was coming from the center channel and the pans were all accurate. His, the the way his speakers worked in there, the dispersion, it wasn't overpowering. Even if you were closer to a speaker, it was really, really nice.
2: In my back row, there is, uh, the left, the far left is about seven inches from the speaker and you wouldn't be able to tell. Right. Is, and and so it sounds just as almost as if I was sitting in the center seat or close to the center as opposed to the far left or the far right where there's, you know, it's much closer as well. So, uh, that even sound and even dispersion, like you're saying is, is legitimate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to try for that. I, I think I can, I, I think I can get, I can't get what he has, that, that quality and accuracy, but I can, I can, I can dial it in to being like, okay, it's not as accurate, but for my seats in the middle, I can widen over what I have here now you know, with a bigger room and you position, your speakers correctly. It's like, I I could still, I can widen my, my sweet spot, if you will, a little bit, not probably to the degree of, of, of your system, but, um, but yeah, it is possible. But that, that, that sitting dead in the middle, I didn't even take that into account because I, I, it, it, I hadn't experienced it. I'm so used to experiencing it my way, sitting dead in the middle (laughs) and, you know, yeah, for me,
2: as I sit in the family room, was a little bit off to the left center of the of the TV downstairs that we were using for the you know as our main viewing area for movies. This was not any different for me. So, not having to be dead center is not a is not a priority in my case.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right, all right. Uh, what are we at? Three twenty. Oh, look at us go. Uh, you're going to be down for the twenty four hour podcast. Come on for a little bit. Say hi.
2: Uh, give me what's the dates because I I need know yet. Put on my calendar. Oh All yeah, them.
1: no, I'll know a month in advance as soon as I get to the thousand subscribers on YouTube. I'll I'm gonna set a date and then I'm gonna start booking people for times. And there's there's a 24 hour span <laughs> that'll absolutely. go into a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you i give you is
2: absolutely yes.
1: Thank you. I'll give you a month's no, <laughs> roughly a month's notice, and you can pick your time slot. <laughs>
2: There you go. Uh, <laughs> cool. All right. This ought to be interesting.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it is, it is going to be, uh, I, I can't wait. I really can't. And it's, I'm looking forward to the end of it and to see how I am. And Todd has said he's going to join me at the beginning and the end. And I, I've narrowed it down. I think I'm starting at six on a Saturday and ending six Sunday. That's the way I can do it okay. and affect have the least effect on my business, right? I, that's, that's me just taking a Saturday off. So I'm not working on this particular Saturday and this is what I'm going to do. And I'll, I'll sleep in or I'll get a good night's sleep and start at 6am on Saturday morning and go all the way to 6am Sunday morning. And then I'll probably sleep, probably sleep for like, I was saying the other day, I don't know if it was on the show or I was talking to somebody else. I'm like, the hard part is going to be to sleep when I'm done. Like I'm going to get tired, but I think when I'm done, I'm going to be so excited to be done that it's just going to be like, Oh my God, what did and I just dr- do?
2: Yeah. It's running rush. getting over that to normalize me ready to sleep will be a challenge.
1: Yeah. And then the, the trick there, I used to work nights, so I do know how hard it is. I used I've been up 24, 36 hours in the past. Um, the hard part is going to sleep and then making yourself get up so that you can get back to normal because you you'll fall asleep. Say I say I finish at six and I fall asleep at eight, and you'll want to sleep until probably like five four four or five in the afternoon, but then you'll never sleep. But you got to work the next day, so you you got to yeah, get I, up, and, and somebody's got to like start hitting you with a pillow or something at like one one p.m. and then be like, "Get up! you will gonna be going to bed soon enough." <laughs> it's like, all right. <sighs> So,
2: I remember those days. I, when I worked for General Motors, I had to do a day to night transition because we were all yeah. crew rotations back then. When I was doing engineering work,
1: yeah, I did. I did uh, I did a day. Um, I was working at an ice cream fa- seal test ice cream factory in Framingham, and it's a union job, so you can't go to days unless there's an opening. And I come in on a. Uh, I worked my Monday, and I. I at night. So I go in Monday night at like, say, I think I work 10 to whatever, 10 to six or something. Right. And six o'clock in the morning, the next, the first shift is coming in. And there's a guy coming in that i He's got less seniority than me and they accidentally, he had bumped up to first shift, but didn't tell me. And this is like a month after I got married and I've been, or two months after I've been married and I've been working nights and my wife and I had just been married and blah, blah, I'm working nights. So we didn't really see each other. And I come and I told them, I'm like, I'm working first shift and they're like, well, we'll have to work it out. I go, no, we're doing it. And they're like, you can't, you can't, how are you going to, it's like, we'll do it next week. I go, no, I'm doing it now. And they're like, "All right, I'll let you go home, and go home." And I I drove home, saw my wife, and she thought I was coming to bed. I was like going back to work, and she was like, "I go, what do you mean going back to work?" I go, "I got first shift," and she just burst into tears. She's like, "Oh my god!" She was so excited, but I had to, but I had to work basically sixteen hours straight but not get paid for 16 hours straight. They made me punch out and punch back in, but just to get to that first shift. And I was like, all right, let's go. You know, but she was so excited. She's like, we're going to have a normal life. I was like, I know (laughs) Uh, finally. So, but yeah, so, I did it. I, I I worked many hours for her. I love her. I love home theater. I can do twenty-four for you guys. So no problem. <laughs> I think until I pass you. out in front of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. That'll do it for this week. Thank you very much, Greg. This it's been an awesome conversation. Three hours, three plus hours has flown by. I keep looking down at like, my seriously, Three nice. twenty? Jeez. All right. Uh, talk to you soon buddy thank you very much for reaching out maybe I'll see you in the live show tomorrow mm-hmm. maybe yes you will alright <laughs> right. I'll see you then and uh, everybody else you know what you gotta do go push play what he said hey Fred this has been a hey Fred production With theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault
0: Productions.